Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They're the in crowd. We're the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from. We let our colors show where the numbers ain't. We're the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Keller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. Now, here's Mike Keller. I will get Welcome in on a Thursday afternoon. Mike Heller with you in studio following up the Drew Olson show from our Milwaukee iHeart Megaplex. I am in Madison today. John Audius is in Minneapolis, and he's not checking in with us. We it, This is not a suspension. This is, um, I just felt it was good for John to, I don't know, be in the environs of his team even for just a day. Uh, so he'll be back tomorrow. At least that's the presumption, is that he'll be back tomorrow. So I am uh, joined in studio today by Joel Finkelman. Hi, Joel. Oh, hey. I uh, tried playing my drop, and it didn't work. What? Oh, doctor! There's one. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, already making mistakes right out of the gate. So uh, last night, uh, I went to the Bucks game at the BMO Harris Bradley Center, working media seat. I don't know why they call it that. I was never working in the process, but I appreciate... Um, the uh, opportunity to be in the arena, so I thought it would be, I thought it would be a, a statement game, a, a message sending game, and it is it's just the wrong message. Um, late in the game, I said it might be an ugly night for the Bucks. Need a big finish. They didn't get a big finish. So then I tweeted this after the game, and it got so much run. I tweeted. Very disappointing, all caps, and I usually spell disappointing wrong, so hopefully I got that right. How do you spell disappointing? Oh, uh, D-I-S-A-P-P-O-I-N-T. Yeah, whatever, you get what I'm saying. Oh, why? What do you mean? O-I-N. No, that's what I said. I always, a lot of times I'll put two S's and two P's, and then it'll correct me, and then I'll put two S's and one P, and it'll correct me, and then I get it right. Um, so I do I, that too. It's a, I wrote it's a tough one. Very disappointing in all caps on my disappointing by the Bucks. Dropping one on the home floor to the Heat. Time to start pointing fingers? Question mark. And apparently I'm late to the game on the finger pointing. Very late to the game. The responses to that, you know, filled up my timeline like a Packers game does. And that's unusual. The Bucks don't listen. There are things about uh, pro sports franchises and college franchises that you already know, but maybe you're not fully aware of. When people really care, they're both angry and happy, right? I mean, you can go on either end and you'll get a long response list of people that are happy or people that are angry. 
the shorter the response list, the less people care about a team. So had I tweeted this three years ago before Giannis had begun to ascend, I would have gotten nothing because it, it was an apathetic fan base. Here's the good news. The fans care. Bucks fans are back in. They care. The bad news is, is that all of their care is negative. All the care is negative. I mean, the, the Bucks are disappointing right now. And, you know, when, when that there's good news, bad news on disappointing, right? One is you're disappointed because you have a higher expectations. If you had no expectations and you were playing this kind of basketball, people wouldn't be disappointed. They might even be encouraged. But the expectation is, is that this team, this year's version of this team, would be better than two games over 500 and sitting on the seventh seed line in the Eastern Conference. That's where they are. The goal this year was to be a top four seed, meaning you have home court advantage in round one of the Eastern Conference playoffs, and to win a playoff series. That was the goal. Right now, neither one is attainable. Doesn't mean that they won't get there. I mean, in the moment, the way they are currently situated, who they are, how they go about their business, this team will do neither. They obviously won't be a top four seed, and they won't win a playoff series. Right now, they'd play Toronto, and it would be a gentleman's sweep for Toronto. The Bucks might get a game because Toronto might take a night off. That would be a repeat of last year. Yeah, that would be it. By yeah. the way, the uh, the Bucks, I believe, from the standings I looked at earlier today, are seventh currently in the East, and they yeah. are one game out of not being in the playoffs. Yeah, and conversely, they are a game and a half away from being the five seed. Yeah, okay. welcome to the East. So, uh, you know, and the reason I say five seed is I know they just got beat twice by Miami in four days, but um, Miami's the four seed now. So if the Bucks move up into that 5-4 series, they'd likely be the visiting team against Miami, but they could, in theory, beat Miami in a series. They cannot, in theory, beat Cleveland, Toronto, or Boston in a series. Done deal. And they can't get situated right now by any means that I see, where they could play Washington, Indiana, or Detroit. Because they're all in the bottom half of the seeds like Milwaukee is. So we've got that working, and it was a very unhappy uh, Twitterverse where the Milwaukee Bucks are concerned. And what I understand about that is the good thing there is people are fired up. And if they're fired up, it means they care, Joel, and you want them to care. But the Bucks are going to have to do something about where that care factor is driven, the direction it goes, because right now it's in the negative element, and they need to, you know, there needs to be a paradigm shift. Paradigm shifts happen when something changes. What's the something? Is it the coach? Is it Jabari Parker? Is it a trade? Now, I would venture a guess that the peanut butter and jelly portion of that sandwich, the middle, the Jabari Parker thing, that's not going to change much. Coach? Trade. That's the bread on the outside of this, the, the two pieces of this, uh, this sandwich. I don't know, because Drew just asked me at the end of the Drew Olson show, would you change a coach right now? And I wouldn't now. What are you going to do? You're going to be better because you're going to promote one of the assistants? There's a head coach out there in waiting that doesn't have a job today? You're going to go get George Carl? Yeesh. What are you going to do? <laughs> Been there who, before. Who are you going to go get? 
Now, look, there's nobody to go get immediately, but I think a lot of Bucks fans, probably myself included in this camp, are probably kind of looking at the future, saying at the end of the year, it's it's time to really reassess this. And by right, reassess but this, not now. No, I mean, well, what do you, exactly, I'm with you. What are you going to do right now? It's fair, but I, I don't know. I mean, I'm a little tired of hearing Jason Kidd come up with, uh, this team is young. It's young. Okay. It's like Mike McCarthy saying that we need to focus on fundamentals. Congratulations. We've heard that a thousand times before. Yeah. Here's a tweet that comes in on the heels of what I just said. Um, Continuous loop of mediocrity tweets in. <laughs> well, that describes the Bucks sometimes. He said, hosts on the Big 920 say that a team should have someone in mind right away to replace a fire coach. Teams fire coaches with no one in mind all the time. That's not true. That's why there are interim coaches. And guess what? The Bucks had someone in mind when they fired Larry Drew. Jason Kidd, I, I listen. You you find coaches in the off season. You don't find new head coaches now. So what are you? How are you better tomorrow if you fire Jason Kidd today? Addition by subtraction. Don't give me that because you know that's not true. They're gonna they're gonna plop an assistant in there, an interim coach, and are you throwing the season away? Because if if I can remind you, continuous loop of mediocrity on Twitter. The Bucks have played 44 games. If my math is right, that leaves 38 to be played. What are you doing? Yeah. Are you throwing this away? No. Does an interim not. make you better? Oh, granted, I mean, here's here's another thing, though. We have to remember, at the end of the day with the NBA, particularly this season, it doesn't really matter. Golden State's winning the championship, all right? They're just way better than everybody else. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it from Cleveland, clearly. I'm not buying it from Boston, even if, uh, well, yeah, what... Uh, Hayward, even if Hayward comes back, I'm I'm just not buying it. I mean, we that's the weird thing with the NBA is we have all these weird discussions about you know, hey, this team could be a little bit better. What if they get this guy? And at the end of the day, does it matter? Who's beating Golden State? Who? I don't know. Yeah. Well, the Bucks aren't going to beat anybody in, in its current form, and that was the step. And right now, if I told you with the 38 games to play, and then the postseason, if they're in the postseason. If I told you right now they don't make any changes and they win a playoff series, are you thrilled? Uh, I'm not. I mean, yes. look, if they win the answer, a playoff it's series. It's a rhetorical question. The answer is yes. They win a playoff series. Right now, if I tell you that they win a playoff series, you are thrilled. Yeah, I would be happy. Uh, but I, w- I would say this. I would want the Bucks to potentially consider doing the Mark Jackson thing, which is having success, finding someone better. I think that's something the Bucks can do here. I mean, the Golden State Warriors, not to bring them up oh, yeah, again, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they had a ton of success you. with Mark Jackson and right. then said, you know what? No. We can do better than I'm this. I'm there, but they didn't do that in, in January. No, that's right. very fair. Yeah. All right. All right. Should we get with it? I guess. This is the Big Three at Three. The top three trending sports stories this hour. Number three. All right. Number three uh, on, on your Twitter account, at Heller Sports, at Mike Heller Show, at Big 920, at the Big 1070, and probably a thousand more. You're, uh, you currently put up a, a survey for Survey Thursday here, and it's in honor of Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick now dating. Your question is simple. Who drives? So I guess it's it's basically this. The uh, the husband, the man drives, the wife, the woman drives, or you split it evenly. How, how, how do you go about this? Um, I almost, I, I, I predominantly drive. Um, and I is that a know. macho thing? No, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it just it it has just been the the way it is. Um, I would say this in my unsuccessful first marriage. Um, my wife would always 
if I drove, at every turn I made, it seemed to me at least, (laughs) I would hear, why are you going this way? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Would you prefer I go on another way? Well, this isn't the way you would go. Well, it's the way I would go. Well, it's not the right way. Well, it's the way I'm going. Do you want to drive? Yes. Pull over. Let her drive. Um, (laughs) There we go. No, so, I mean, I I drive, and uh, there are times when we're on longer drives where we'll trade off a little bit, but predominantly, I drive. And that, I don't think it has to be that way, just the way that it is for us. Listen, my dad, uh, my mom passed away last February. My dad, my mom never drove. She didn't have a license until, I think, after I got my license, almost at the same time. But she never drove. I never saw my mom drive. I mean, I did see her drive because she did drive. But if my dad was in the car, nobody else was driving. That My dad drove in the car. Now, I mean, I'll drive and he'll sit in the passenger seat sometimes. But if he was in the car, he drove. I mean, how does it work for you? Uh, no, uh, that's that's a good question. I guess I drive a little bit more uh, when when my wife drives. It, it also depends on distance, right? So if it's a short distance, it's it's split pretty evenly. Just you're going off for dinner. Who, yeah, exactly. Who, who gets in? The, you you say, hey, let's go. Um, who gets in the driver's seat? Well, now see, my, is that disgust? My truck has the uh, it has the heated seats, so ah. you know ah. that leads to me driving. So a is more it a often. matter of which vehicle it is? Yeah, I think for the most part. Yeah. Uh, but if it's long distance, I mean, I have to drive because my wife falls asleep in ten minutes every single time. We That's we were driving not good. We were driving to Green Bay for a Packer game this year, and she <laughs> fell asleep. Or she no, she no, she was driving ten minutes over. We had to pull the car over so I could get it and i was like come on really after 10 minutes like i thought it's, it's green bay i thought uh, we could make this drive here. secondary question green bay is uh from uh, our studios is about two hours yeah. and 45 minutes yeah she couldn't handle okay. it Ten um, minutes in. do you have to stop on the way me if no, i'm no, driving like, by myself if, if the two of you are driving do you have to stop and somebody use the restroom which i would assume wouldn't be you i don't think so I, if it was me, certainly no. Okay. I would drive up to northern Michigan for college for five, five and a half hours, and I wouldn't there stop. Are, there are friends that we know. I won't name any names, but there are friends that we know who, if they're driving from if they're driving from here to Milwaukee, will stop. That's insane. That's, that's, that's an hour and 15 minutes. That's insane. Here in Milwaukee, they will stop because somebody needs to use the restroom. That's ridiculous. And All I right. won't say who she is. Okay. Number two. All right, number two. It's officially mock draft season. Mike, oh, are you excited? you love this, don't you? I am jacked. I actually like mock drafts. I think it gives you a decent idea of some of the players uh, that, that sometimes the Packers may take. In years past, some of the guys they've focused on have been like Eddie Lacy or Dayton Jones. I remember that year that a lot of people were picking those two guys, and the Packers ended up getting them both. How'd that work out? Mm. Anyways, uh, Mel Kuyper came out with his first uh, his first little mock draft here, and he came up with Marcus Davenport, a 6'6 edge rusher from a really small school, Texas at San Antonio. Anyways, that's not the question. I don't, I don't want to ask about the player because who cares? My question is this. If you were the GM, what is the one position that you would go after first to fix in the first round? Um... I think they need a dynamic edge rusher. So that would be the position group that I would draft at first. My second choice would be a corner or a safety. Because they're so interchangeable when you're running nickel and dime packages. Um, but So I would go edge rusher, who is also a linebacker in most um, setups, uh, or uh, somebody in the secondary. But i also tell you this. That you, they also need a tight end. It doesn't have to be their first pick, but it, it, I would assume maybe 
from the tight end perspective, they'll go free agency. All right, so Mr. Now that worked out well last year. Well, yeah, but you shouldn't miss again. Um, it, okay, Mr. Mock, okay. where where do you go? Okay, so number fourteen overall. I'm with you. Edge rusher obviously makes a ton of sense. Uh, although you do have Clay Matthews and Nick Perry under contract, so playing time thing is going to get a little disjointed there. Um, I, my other thing that I would look at, and it's a position that the Packers have n- always had problems with. It seems like is the middle linebacker position. Uh, it would be really nice to have a Ryan Shazier type guy. A guy who just leads the defense, you know, is the communicator between the front line and the secondary. And, we, and they've never had that guy. A.J. Hawk was kind of that guy, but he wasn't talented enough. And yes, he was taken fifth overall, but obviously we all know how that worked out. I, I just, I wouldn't mind seeing that. On, on another situation, though, if I go to the other side of the ball, wide receiver positions look a little thin. Yep. And you can get some, you can get some dudes. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. In the middle of the first round. So I don't know if there's a guy that's available this year who is, you know, a legitimate first round stud who you could get around that position. But if, if he's available, it's not the craziest idea in the world. I have no issue with that if they went that direction either. All right. Number one. All right, number one. We got to go, Bucks. Got to go, Bucks. Question here. Um, I guess I, I, it's it's a pretty simple question here. It's on. It's once again, it's another poll question of yours on on Twitter. Is Jason Kidd one of the following here? Is he the problem? Is he the solution? Or are we all just wasting our time and kind of it doesn't really matter? And we're just going to figure it out when Jabari or when Jabari Parker comes back. Yeah, I don't. Jabari doesn't make a difference. I think he makes a marginal difference. He's not the savior coming back into this deal. Um, I would say, I don't think I don't think Jason Kidd's the problem, but he's not the solution. And you know what they say: if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. I don't know who they are, but is isn't that right? If, don't don't they say that, Joel? That if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. They do say that, yeah. and they are correct. Yeah, and if you you know if, if you're not moving forward, you're moving backward. Don't they say that too? They do. I believe in Tommy Boy. It's if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's, it's much better. Um, <laughs> so I would say Jason Kidd is not part of the solution. So he is part of the problem, but he's not the problem. I mean, I, my timeline filled up last night on Jason Kidd haters thinking that everything that that is an issue with this team is directly related to being not coached well. That's just, listen, that's not the issue at, at its core. The issue is this team is not constructed well enough in the moment. And I'm not, okay, I'm not going to admit this very often, Joel, but I'm not smart enough to know exactly 
what this team is missing. Ooh. You know, I mean, some people are going to say, if you could go get DeAndre Jordan. I don't, I just don't see how that's really going to put you over the top. It changes things. Yeah, sure. It improves things, but I don't see how it's putting you over the top. Some people think that Jabari Parker will change things. I think it makes things a little bit better. You know what they, okay, well, I'll jump into this a little deeper when we come back because um, there is a conversation about who these guys are on the court as it relates to their head coach that needs to be addressed, and we'll do that on the other side. 877-729-1070. 877-729-1070. Back in a couple of minutes, this is the Mike Heller Show. Breaking news. Major breaking news. I can't even do that with a straight face. Although, you know, it's interesting that Ian Rappaport tweets out quarterback Tom Brady officially did not practice today. He was out there with the team but did not do work with his injured hand. So I I, I don't want to minimize, but I said this yesterday when the report of his injury came out. I said, does anybody really think that Tom Brady will miss the AFC championship game? Now, it is against... Jacksonville, but can I add one layer of intrigue here before we move back into Buck's conversation? Please do. I'm ready. What if he were out Ooh. and Jimmy Garoppolo is not on the oh, roster no. and Brian Hoyer plays and they lose? You ready for this hot take? You ready? Yeah. They would still win with Brian Hoyer. Oh, what? Yeah. Hoyer's not better than doesn't. Doesn't matter. You got to trust the system. Trust Bill Belichick. I think they'd probably still win. Like I'm not even joking. That isn't just me doing all sport. You know, hot take, first take, whatever. I I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm there. It's it's more. I want to hear from Boston Mike. I wonder if he's gripping right now. It's Thursday. Yeah, he's just doing uh, hand exercises. No, just no, no, to no. Test. He's oh, oh. freaking out. Oh, you bet. Grip. Okay, got it. Yeah. If Boston Mike is freaking out. <laughs> I'm sure he is. I'm sure he's so worried. Jeez. Quaking his boots over there. I'm telling you, if Jacksonville's defense and special teams can score three times. <laughs> three th- Are you serious? <laughs> if they can score three times, they can win that yeah, game. Yeah, I believe it. If they score three times, they will win the game. If they score seven times, I bet they win the game too. Come on, they're not going to. You think the defense special teams scoring three how times? Many, how many defensive scores did they have against Pittsburgh? Two? I just, come on. Didn't it's, they have a, a, a scoop and score and a pick six? Yeah, but this is the Patriots. This is. This but is there's the model dysfunction franchise. going on in that model dysfunction. franchise. Yeah, what? they're losing their OC and their DC, and there's fighting internally. And and the the owner made the the GM trade Jimmy Garoppolo, and when that and story, Tom Brady's not happy, and his trainer ESPN got story banned came from out. the process or the whole deal. I, I'm telling you, when that when that ESPN story came out, that guaranteed the Patriots the Super Bowl because they just get to use that as motivation. I honestly think it was leaked by the team for motivational purposes. I hate purpose. Like I think Bill Belichick was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll take the hit here." Or sorry, I'll I'll take the hit here, boss. Don't worry, I'll make. Uh, we'll just we won't make the owner look bad, but I'll look bad. Yeah. I think that's what they did. It's okay. just motivational. Now I guess to say uh, nobody believes in us. Almost all of what I was just saying was tongue in cheek. Uh, you know, I, I I New England's gonna win and they'll cover the nine and a half. I think is what the number is. It's like the um, safest bet in sports, especially on the Patriots. The, it's the easiest walkthrough to a, a Super Bowl opportunity that uh, that we've seen in recent memory in the National Football League to beat Tennessee and Jacksonville on your home field uh, in back-to-back weeks. And you know what it all stems from? What's that? One play. Jesse James. Uh, 
Yeah, because they would have had home field advantage technically. Well, well yeah, although right. that didn't work out super well. No, for them. well, instead Pittsburgh would have been home with Tennessee. They'd have beaten Tennessee. Yes, they would have. Jacksonville would have played at New England. And New England probably would have won, but this weekend New England would be going to Pittsburgh. And New England probably would still would have won. Probably, yep. but it's different than being back at home against Jacksonville. That's absolutely true. All on that play and on the goal line. Todd Haley would still be employed. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Jared has called the, uh, the telephone line that this program has affiliated with its callers, 877-729-1070. <laughs> Is that not the way you would have said that? No, that's that's pretty much right there. Jared, thanks for calling. Hello. Hi, thanks, Mike, uh, for taking my call. Yeah, I just had a couple things on the Bucks. You know, this is like year four or five of the Giannis, Chris Middleton, like own the future team. And as you look past these last four years, they've just been staying consistent at about 500 ball or just below there. They really haven't, you haven't seen strides being made there. And then going into this year, you have all this optimism about the team and Giannis coming out as a breakthrough year. And still, we're still playing that mediocre ball where we'll go out and beat a team like the Wizards one night and look excellent. And then the next night, you're losing to a last-place team like the Mavericks and the Magic all the time. So I just think I agree with you there. Jason Kidd, he may not be the main problem, but there's definitely something going on where these guys, night in and night out, they're not being motivated. They're not taking the stride the next step to get to, obviously, where we want to be, trying to take down LeBron and the Cavs and maybe get to an Eastern Conference Finals or even a Finals appearance. Yeah, I don't I don't think this roster is capable of that. Okay, so this will be, for some, this will be unpopular. And maybe even for you, Joel. Oh, boy. But I, I look at this team, and one of the guys I see as the biggest issue is Chris Middleton. Yeah, no, I'm with you. 100%. Because he's super inconsistent. I don't think he's a complete basketball player. I think he can be a scorer, but I don't think he's a great defender. I don't think he's a great passer. I don't think he brings great energy every night. I don't think he is a... Listen, in the second half of that, and Middleton and Giannis are among the... They're the two leading minutes players in the NBA, right? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, I know believe that, they I know are. that they're th- up there. Yeah. I think they're one and two in minutes on the same roster. Jeez. That can't happen. But here's the elephant in the room. They don't have a bench. Oh, I mean, when when have the Bucks had a if bench? If those two guys are not on the court, who's who's out there? No, pretty much nobody. I, I'm with you. I mean, what, do you got Liggins? Or is he gone now? He's gone. He's gone. He's yeah. gone. Well, Thon Maker has been worthless Thon, this Thon year. Thon is not, he's not there. I don't know if he'll, I know he's got tremendous work ethic, and I know everybody that knows him loves him. Um, I mean, as look, a person, but I, I, I don't love know that Thon. he'll get there. Like, I fell in love with Thon last year, but like to say that he's taken a step back this year is like an insult to people who have taken steps back. Like, yeah. he has taken a leap back. All he does is foul people and miss three-point shots. Chris Middleton, though, I, I'm with you in one sense. I mean, I just... The guy's really inconsistent because there will be nights when he puts up 32 points and it's just like, oh, here we go. This guy's he great. He hits everything he throws up on yeah. some nights. And then on other nights, it's I mean, Chris Middleton had... 13 points on well, two of 13 shooting. I mean, the reason they, they lose last night, there were two things that I saw, t- two reasons. And, you know, I know that if you want to get basketball-centric, um, the, the ball stopped moving in the fourth quarter offensively. That's what Jason Kidd was talking about, too. But they didn't have great ball movement in, in the fourth quarter of last night's game. Uh, Eric Bledsoe did not have a good offensive night. He missed a lot of shots, shooter shoot. I don't know if he's a shooter. I think he can be. He's a scorer. Let's but put it that I, way. But he, I thought he shot too much last night and didn't score. 
right? So I, I thought that was an issue. Here's the other one, and a lot of people pointed this out. Tony Snell went four for five and hit four in a row from three-point range in the first half and never got another shot up. That's see, He never got another shot up. And that uh, was one of the things about kids postgame that bugged me is he that was brought to his attention, and he said, we've got some selfish players. They need to understand to get the ball in the hot shooter's hand. Wait a second. How about during a timeout, you say, listen, Tony's been hot. Get Tony the damn ball. Seriously, is it that hard? Does he have no say on anything that happens on the court? Like, is there like an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator that he's just sitting there? Is he like, I, I, I don't know. I, what's he doing here? That part That's the I first did thing like. that popped into my head. I was like, all right, well, don't you have the ability to time out to say like, here, let's drop a play for, I don't know, the guy who's draining threes all night. No, apparently not. Can't do that. So he can't coach on the court. He can't apparently coach a mindset where these guys aren't selfish because apparently that's against the rules of coaching, according to his comments last night. What what are you doing? What are you doing for me, kid? Yeah. I don't get it. It's I don't, I don't have an answer. Now, let me ask a question. Um, I want to flip back to this later. But can I ask you a uh, paranoid question? Yeah. I'm ready. These okay. are my favorite types of questions. So uh, the media is in at practice uh, for media availability in the NFL for the first 10 minutes or so. Okay. Um, and in the first 10 minutes of Patriots practice today, Tom Brady was on the field but didn't take part in any drills, didn't do anything. So after practice, the Patriots, by NFL rule, put out the uh, injury report. And next to Tom Brady, they put DNP, did not participate. Okay. Do you believe that Tom Brady did not participate? No. <laughs> I don't believe anything you that comes out of the Patriots anything camp. anything that the Patriots put on their injury reports or divulge as the league requires is real? Uh, no, but I also don't think Seldom. really any team does. I, I mean, once they're at closed practice, I think they do whatever but they want. But my first instinct when I saw this, uh, when I thought about it for a moment, when I first saw it, I go, hmm, that's kind of interesting. Then my second instinct is, I don't believe it. But okay, hold on. I don't believe it. Hold on. And I and I hate defending the Patriots here. But, no, but you're but, going to. But what what do they have to gain out of doing that in this circumstance? This? What's this? Uh, conversation, distraction, uh, a young Jacksonville team that is not very um, laser focused. They're talking about a lot of things. Uh, well, wait, no, because I Putting mean, some doubt Jacksonville in... Jacksonville is just... The, the way that they're going to prep for this game, at least the coaches are going to prep the players, is 100% as if Tom Brady plays. Absolutely. They're, they're not sitting there going, like, we need to come up with a then Brian Then why would Hoyer anybody ever plan. deviate from the norm on an injury report or anything? Well, because I'm just saying in this game, because they know Tom Brady's playing, right? And if he's playing for Tom Brady and you get Brian Hoyer, things are probably going to still work out for you against that just, defense. Okay, so maybe it just speaks to my level of total distrust of I, the New England Patriots. I don't believe it. No, I mean, look, because that's the thing. I don't, I don't believe anything really out of the Patriots either. But I just don't. There's nothing to really gain here in any way. And by the way, uh, the there's Jaguars always something to gain. Yeah, the Jaguars. When you're talking about them running their mouths a little bit, did they not just see the results of what happens when you run your mouth the week before? Did they not just yeah. see that? And, and then, like immediately after the game, like ah, we're gonna win, guaranteed. We're going to the Super Bowl. We're gonna win that too. Yeah. And by the way, what when are you doing? Belichick was asked uh, by a reporter. Um, about if experience plays a role, and he really shot her down and said, you know, nothing that happened five years ago or last week or two months ago, that none of it matters. On Sunday, we play uh, Sundays of its own deal. The players on the field will decide. He totally misses the point. Experience of a team that's been there, done that, been through the playoffs countless times, 
uh, the experience of preparation, of knowing how to prepare, what to do, what not to do, how to handle family, how to handle all of that, experience does matter. Now, Belichick doesn't have to talk about it. He doesn't have to answer the question. But to shoot the reporter down for asking whether experience plays a, a role and makes a difference, and for him to shoot her or him down, in this case it was a her, shoot her down as though that question has no merit? Shut up. Of course it has merit. You've been in the AFC Championship game for seven consecutive years. There is an understanding about how the process works, how to put it together, what to do, what not to do. Not in the game, but in preparation for the game. The game always is, in and of itself, 60 minutes of action, of which individual moments are going to decide it. How you prepare for those moments. Might I add that the Patriots won a Super Bowl on a single play that is all about preparation. Malcolm Butler didn't just react. He reacted from what he learned. Where did he learn it? It wasn't self-study. They had run that play that Seattle runs in practice over and over again. So don't tell me that experience doesn't matter, because experience does matter. And with that, I leave the show. This is the Mike Heller Show. As we do a couple of days a week, we get to welcome in Bill Huber, PackerReport.com. Bill, how are you? I'm great. How about you? Good. How much do you? Uh, how much stock do you take in opposing teams or even uh, your own? The Green Bay Packers injury reports as they come out during the week. Um, not much until Fridays come or, or Thursdays come up. Thursday for the Packers is when they go full pads and you get some sort of idea of of who's practicing, who's not practicing. Um, you know, better veteran players you give them a little bit more you know leeway. They can maybe, maybe they'll play or not, but yeah, usually the Thursday one I pay some attention to. So when the Patriots put out their injury report today and list Tom Brady as a DNP, when Media was there for the first 10 or 15 minutes, he didn't participate, but he was out there. Would you be a believer? Is there any advantage? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Advantage gained for the Patriots to play the system. Um, no, because I can't imagine in a thousand years that, that Jacksonville's going, oh my God, he's not going to play. We better get a game plan for, uh, how do you know who the back Brian is? Hoyer. Yeah, Matt Hoyer. I knew he was one of the Hoyers. Yeah, no, I I can't imagine there's a person in the entire world who thinks Tom Brady's not going to play. 
So I'm not sure why they would do that, but that's that's Belichick for you, right? Yeah, I just, I mean, I'm I'm always of the mindset that I can't believe what Bill Belichick says because I just why he's not honest in that regard. He, he, everything has an angle, a, a competitive angle to it. Now, um, let me ask you this because I brought this up when we visited on Tuesday. Is there a chance? I mean, you've you've, you've watched uh, plenty of football. Is there a chance that Jacksonville has what ails the New England Patriots? And by that, I mean a knockdown defense that will gamble and knock quarterbacks down and get turnovers and score. Does Jacksonville have what New England has a hard time with? Um, I will say yes to, to part of that with, with the defense. and you know, No quarterback likes to get hit. Um, Tom Brady being 40 and not especially mobile probably likes it a bit less than anybody else does. Um, he's not like Eli Manning who will throw it away at the sort of instant of pressure, but I mean, he's, at this point he really doesn't have much interest in getting hit, and he will probably throw it away. But that said, though, I mean, you're right. They're gonna, you, you've said gambling and creating. They're going to have to gamble and create turnovers. You know, they can play as good defense as they want, but if the defense doesn't give them points, I mean, they're not going to win. So, yes, I say they have part of the equation, but at the end of the day, New England's going to score. Jacksonville's going to have to score. And I, I just can't imagine that Blake Bortles can make enough plays to beat Tom Brady. That seems unbelievable unless Jacksonville gets a couple of defensive touchdowns or a couple big plays that set up easy touchdowns. All right, so you have to trust me on this one. We are going to get back into to a football question here in a moment. But I have a, a, a little deal I started now called Survey Thursday on my Twitter poll question um, in honor of Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick now dating, which makes me wonder who drives when it's just the two of them. That's a great question, yeah. right? Yeah, so um, who drives when you and Mrs. Packer report get in the car? Um, is it always you? Is it? I mean, how does, uh, well, how does that work? Who drives? Um, I usually drive unless I have work to do, and then she graciously will drive until my computer's out of juice. So, okay. yeah, All right. she's very good about that. Seven, yeah, so any any yep. long distance where I need to get some work done, she's happy to drive. 73% of our voters so far say the husband or man drives. 73% say that. 13 say the uh, wife or woman drives. And 14% kind of split it evenly. So I just I yeah, wanted, I'll, I'll, I'll go curious. evenly, yes. Oh, so you're on the even side of things. Because yeah, you're, well, you're yeah, working would, a lot. Yeah. I, I, we drive enough places where i, I got to get something done. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um, what is the first priority? I I, I know that um, uh, the Packers have a number of priorities. I, I wonder about this. Let me ask it this way: the tight end position. Last year they hit free agency by losing Jared Cook and then signing Martellus Bennett and then signing Lance Kendricks, and all three of those worked out poorly. Cook was pretty good, and Bennett and Kendricks not. So do they? Refill and reboot the tight end position again by going to free agency. You know, I have not looked to see who might be available yet. I'm still I'm on my last day of wrapping up the Packers stuff, so I don't know who's out there. To be honest with you, um, I don't care how they do it, but they need to get a playmaker, whether it's a receiver or a tight end. I just think you have to get someone um, to be second fiddle to Devonte Adams, um, and, and, and that's a tight end. Fantastic, but the receiver, that's fantastic, too. But somehow they just need to get another perimeter guy. And, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't know who's out there veteran-wise, and I haven't, you know, I'll start digging into the draft in a week or two. Will we get the same well, mantra? That. No, it's all right. Will we get the same mantra from Brian Gutekunst that we did from Ted Thompson, best player available, even if it's not that? Yes, and it's not that. I mean, ever, 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the best player available that was nonsense. But, you know, especially with those premium picks, it's always the best player at a position that you need to fill. I mean, maybe later in the draft, you know, you, you, know, you go get a, you know, Malachi Dupree, a receiver in the summer round that you don't need, but maybe he was their best guy. But those first two, three, maybe even four rounds, I mean, you are, you are cooking off knees and by God, you better be. So yeah, I, I think that's total nonsense. And I, I think that Guru Kunz will say the total nonsense line. Bill, when you're uh, as you talk about putting things to bed with the the Packers season, give us an idea as you've had now uh, better than two weeks to, to digest what has gone on. Um, what what are your thoughts on who they are, what they are, where they are? Oh man, defensively, they these seriously don't have a single. I mean, other than Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark and, and defensive tackle, they don't have a single starting point of anything. And now even even Blake Martinez who. You know, either led the league in tackles or finished second, depending on which of the NFL's stats that you want to look at. I mean, he was horrible in pass coverage. Which I, I, I knew he wasn't great, but man, the numbers are just terrible. So, yeah, he's, he's going to be a starter, but I mean, heck, you might want to upgrade that too as far as who's going to play on third down. I mean, yeah, that's my takeaway. Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels, and that's it on defense. Everything else is fair game. Now, why is that? Is that draft failings? Is it. Lack of development? Is it the the combination? Is it injuries? When you kind of broad picture this, how did they so desperately fail on that side of the football from a personnel standpoint, which is what I'm hearing you say? Yeah, and I do. I still think they've drafted well. You know, I, I, I can't say that I've sat there at practice saying, boy, Joe Blow looks really good going through these drills. And it doesn't show up on the field. I, you know, I go like a guy like Dayton Jones. I can't. I never remember sitting there practicing. Boy, this guy is going to be great, and then seeing him fail on Sunday, thinking, "I just it's coaching." I never thought that. I just think I don't think they've drafted well enough. Um, they certainly better hope that it's all the above, though. They better hope that Mike Tutton and whoever the safety's coach is going to be can get Clinton Dix back. They better hope that whoever's coaching the corners can get the best out of Demarius Randall and Kevin King. They better hope that they can get Blake Martinez to be a three-down player. They better, they better hope that. The coach can get Josh Jones to be a better player than he was. Well, they better hope it's those things, and they better hope it's injuries. Well, um, how, but how, my sense is it's, it's mostly just not very good draft picks. Then how big of a deal, uh, how tough of a task does Mike Pettin have? Now, I, I listened to Rex Ryan say that Mike Pettin would be the best defensive coordinator in the league. That's hard to do if you if you don't have all the resources. How difficult a job does Mike Pettin face? Yeah, it's 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 hard. I will say, and you know, we've talked injuries here before, and I'm not a big subscriber to these. Well, it's because they're all hurt theories. But I will say, if you look at corner the last two years, I mean, they've they've been hammered there. Um, you know, with Kevin King missing half of this year, and you know, House was in and out of the lineup, and you know, Randall missed a bunch of, of 2016. And it wasn't the games missed so much as they they just didn't practice a lot together. So maybe if those guys practice together and they stay healthy and they can develop. Um, individual skills along with playing team defense, but maybe it can happen. Um, the one thing with Patton's defense is he's, he's had really good pass defenses you know, almost every single year that he's been a head coach slash coordinator. So he's got a track record of making that stuff happen. So if they can stay healthy at that spot, you know, maybe he's got a chance to get it done. And, and then you add a pass rusher to, so if you bolster the pass rush through personnel and then your corners who you've drafted stay healthy and can get some continuity, Maybe he'll be all right. Yeah, I, I, I wonder, um, you know, and I know you haven't dug into free agency yet, but if there's a position group 
that has to be bolstered in free agency? Does is that avail itself to you as far as what you've looked at yet, or am I uh, ahead of the game with you? Yeah, you're a little ahead of the game there. I, yeah, I, you know, and with free agents too, I've always thought there, I mean, there's a reason why the really good guys are available, and you know, I Jacksonville's rebuilt their defense with some free agents, so they've, you know, but they they sort of beaten the odds there, but you know. I, I, I do think it's, you know, draft and the way to go, but then plug in some pieces. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's any big difference making guys there or not. And, you know, Green Bay's cap situation, I don't know if they can afford to go get one of those, you know, big gun guys. They don't have tons of cap space relative to a lot of teams, including the Vikings, including the Bears, including the Lions, who all have more cap space than those guys. Vikings or Eagles against uh, the Patriots, I assume you're taking New England. Vikings or Eagles in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Vikings. Um, I don't like either quarterback. I, I like the Vikings defense a bit more. So I will I, I will take Keenum over full. So I, I will say Vikings. All right, Bill. John, who's in Minneapolis, he said. So yep, yep. Yeah, he's up there. All right, uh, Bill, always appreciate it. Thank you. We'll talk again next week. Sounds good. Have a great day. Bill Huber, PackerReport.com. If you haven't, check it out. Uh, always great info. And that info never stops. You know, he's still working on stuff that, that puts what has happened to bed. Uh, but when he begins breaking down draft stuff, uh, very good. Outside uh, outside thinking on free agency, uh, check out PackerReport.com. Second hour of the program, Joel Finkelman is going to lead the way. Okay. Did you know that? No. Or, um, are you just finding that out right it's now? Breaking news to me, uh, yeah. Breaking news. Joel Finkelman leads the second hour of the program. Uh, by the way, Joel's got this dealio uh, streaming on Facebook, right? Yeah, Facebook Live slash the Big 1070 or slash the Big 920. Very entertaining stuff. I mean, we do stuff on Facebook. That, so much. Woo! It's the Mike Heller Show. cut from we let our color show where the numbers ain't where the paint where there ain't supposed to be paint that's who we are this is the mike keller show that's how we roll call the show at 877-729-1070 send a tweet at mike keller show now here's mike keller how will i get Can I do that, or is that is that breaking a protocol to talk about a a, a driver who? Um, no, it's insider trading here anyway. But we were just talking about uh, somebody had tweeted in about Danica. I had asked the survey question today about uh, Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick, and made me wonder when they're on a date and it's just the two of them who drives. Right? I mean, that's a fair question. She drives for a living. You know, if they went to if they went to the fair and they played one of the arcade games, throwing a football to knock down uh, milk bottles, I'm pretty sure Aaron would be the guy throwing. Um, and she's a driver. You know, if they go go-kart racing, um, I would think she might win. Or maybe not. I mean, she doesn't win anything else. She's only won one race in her entire life. Uh, you don't know that. Oh, sorry, her entire professional racing career. Yeah, no, I looked it up. It's true. It's an IndyCar race in Japan. That's no, it. I knew that. 
I knew that, but you don't know. I mean, she she could have wanted a local uh, dirt track that I'm, you're not keeping track of. I'm assuming of. as a ute, as a ute, that she's probably won a, a few races, yeah. But, um, uh, but yeah, not a great uh, not great professional driver. And I was just sharing that there's uh, there's somebody that uh, insider trading here with the radio group that I almost refuse, almost exclusively refuse to allow into the driver's seat. Yeah. I was because I was and look I'll I'll do a little inside baseball too I I won't give away a name but there is someone very close to the situation that uh, I generally try to drive more than yeah um, for a similar reason right and sometimes uh, you know you just don't feel safe listen uh, we go out to Park City or to, to Salt Lake City my oldest daughter Amanda lives there and Amanda and her husband Tyler my son in law uh, now they have a daughter. And I said to Amanda after Adeline was born, I said, you're going to have to change the way you drive. And she said, what? I said, Amanda, you cannot drive the way you have driven in the 14 years that you've been a licensed driver. You cannot continue to drive that way with that precious cargo in the back seat. You can't do it. Yeah. Because we're, we're driving up and down the, the passes that go from Salt Lake up to Park City um, and, you know, to go out to eat or whatever, and before Adeline was born. And it's crazy. Like, Kari is worried. <laughs> you know, my wife is worried. She won't say anything, but she's worried. Just kind of white-knuckling the, yeah. Uh, yeah, the seats and everything. And, and <laughs> you know, then we get there and go, do you always drive that way? And I'd say, yeah, she always drives that way. And then Amanda goes, you know, yeah, I drive a little aggressively. That's the, the, the terminology for it is I drive aggressively, um, but, man, I'm not there on a daily, you know, I'm a, a, you know since my granddaughter is born, I've been out there just the one time. She's been home a few times. Um, but, man, I hope the driving is different, you know? You got the precious cargo, man. Got to slow it down Even on those corners. It's not precious, but, my goodness, uh, you know, I mean, if it was just Amanda, I would want her to drive differently, but... Sometimes you got to say, okay, you know, you're aware that you drive recklessly. No, Dad, I drive aggressively. Okay, your aggressive is my reckless. So we'll we'll agree to disagree. Drive safer. Okay, Dad, and that's that's all you get. But there's somebody in this uh, in this building that I will I will do everything in my power to not get in the vehicle as a passenger. I mean, and that, that involves going through any kind of method ever, you know, just... Yeah, uh, I mean, I'll take uh, an Uber. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I'm going to go over early, so I'm going to take an Uber. He's not listening. He does other stuff here, but... Oh, it's um, a he. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Well, there goes half the population. Now we're yeah. narrowing it down. Yeah. He might find out here. Should we just uh, get to the 4-4 since we... Uh, before I bury myself well, on I this? I wouldn't even be bothered by... By the way, breaking news, uh, the oh. LA Lakers are signing uh, former Badger forward Nigel Hayes. Ooh. to a 10-day contract. Nigel Hayes currently on his tour of hitting up all 30 NBA teams before uh, the end of the year. Well, what are you doing? He was with the Westchester Knicks. Uh, I yeah, he got signed with the Knicks. Yeah. He's with the Bull, or the I mean, the Bucks for a little bit. Didn't they uh, sign him to like a 10-day or something? Or uh, Yeah. Then he would have got drafted by the Knicks. Uh, yeah. uh, whatever. Okay, let's do this. This is the Big Four at four. The top four trending sports stories this hour. Number four. All right. The reason I said let's just go on to four four is because we might as well get on to the driving topic that we were just oh, yeah, pretty much see, talking yeah, right, about. Right, uh, right, right, right. So, I mean, obviously with Danica Patrick and Aaron Rodgers, you kind of came up with the idea of, yeah, who's who's going to be the driver on a, on a date or just in general on a long road trip? So how does that work out for you between you and your wife? Um, 
I would say that I drive the majority of the time. Um, if we're just getting in the... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Car. Unless I have work to do, sometimes, you know, if we're going to go someplace and I say, listen, I've got to do some show prep, um, so can you drive? But if there's not a prearranged, hey, I need you to drive kind of a concept, I get in the driver's seat. And it's not a, I mean, I don't know that there's any, there's no discussion to it. There's never been where we sat down and said, hey, who should drive? She's never said, can I drive? For, I mean, so I would say that 80% of the time, maybe even more. Uh, if we're just going someplace, it's just assumed. So yeah, I'm the driver. All right. With me, it's there. It, it all kind of relies on on situations. One, essentially, we kind of split it up by who's like what car is being used. So, I mean, you know, sometimes I'll drive my wife's car. Sometimes she'll drive my truck. But it's pretty rare. Um, the other thing that it really comes down to is is this. I am a very slow and careful driver. So I just drive a couple. You know, you know, everybody drives maybe a mile or two over the speed limit. Uh, yeah, hang out in that range. And I'm, I'm very safe about how I do things. My wife, on the other hand, is a speed demon. And so if we need to get somewhere in a hurry. She is the driver, particularly on the highway, because I don't even I don't even look at the speedometer when she's driving. I don't want to. I've told her a thousand times to slow down, but she does what she does. So uh, she's you know if we need to get somewhere in a hurry, she's the one who has to drive. So I get it. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's go to number three. Number three. All righty. Number three. Demetric Trice back at practice, maybe close to returning here for Badger men's basketball, who are kind of desperate to right the ship a little bit. So Mike, I guess my question is this. How much of a difference is this actually going to make having Trice back in the lineup? Um, I don't think it'll. I think it'll make a difference, but it depends on what we're what we're trying to determine. You know, can it resurrect? Can it save the season? No, I don't think so. Um, having Demetric Trice back out handling the point makes a ton of difference as to the minutes on the court for uh, Brad Davison. Um, and the ability just to handle and start the operation of the offense to be in control. So I think it makes a significant difference. However, if, if you deem significance into a bunch more wins, I don't think this team is equipped to flip the switch on wins and losses. Now, tomorrow night they're home against Illinois. I think that's a gettable game. I don't know if, if Demetrius Trice plays tomorrow night. All we right. don't we don't know that yet, uh, but then they go to Iowa and to Michigan State. I don't know if Trice makes a difference in either either game, so it makes a difference, but I don't think it it changes the direction of the season. I don't think you're going from starboard to port on this. 
And by the way, do you know which side is starboard and, and or starboard and which side is port? I don't. I'll take a guess and here's say the, here's the easy way oh, to answer. Okay, I'm okay. ready. Port is four letters. Left is four letters. I would have guessed the other way, so I would have been so wrong. So port and left like are it. always going to be the same. So next time somebody says, hey, I'll meet you when you're on your next cruise, well, we're going to meet over on the starboard side. You won't have to ask why, which. Why couldn't they just say left and right? Because it's why? the maritime stuff. I mean, right. they had different language and everything. They're different kind of people, those seafarers. All right, fair enough. Number two. All right, it's mock draft season, my favorite time of the year, because I get to look at a bunch of potential new baby Packers, first-round picks, because that's the only round that matters according to mock drafts. Anyways, my, or Mel Kuyper came out with his first mock draft of the year and has the Packers taking edge rusher Marcus Davenport from the University of Texas at San Antonio. Yeah, huge school, huge football program there. They just became FBS, I think, about three years ago. Anyways, he's a 6'6", and quote, one of the best pure pass rushers in the class. But I don't really care about him, Mike. My question to you is this. What position group would you go after first if you were the GM of the Green Bay Packers? Um, For the draft, that is. Well, I would go edge rusher, but it depends on who you have available at that moment of the draft when you're 14 and... You're on the board. What which edge rusher edge rushers might be available? I don't think you can go wrong going def- defense. Uh, whether that's an edge rusher, an outside linebacker, which sometimes can be one of the same. Um, whether it is a a safety or a corner, because you play so much nickel and dime that those become somewhat interchangeable. But they need. We were talking to Bill Huber of PackerReport.com in the first hour, and he said, you know, the more he looks at it just says that other than Mike Daniels and um, Kenny Clark, that defensively, there's just not a whole lot there. There's, there's not great talent on that side of the ball, which is alarming and not unknown to us. Um, but, yeah, I would go – I don't think you can go wrong on the defensive side of the ball. Now, that should not ignore that they have an issue at wide receiver. Uh, Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams are your top three. Well, two of those three are not at the high level of their game. They have diminishing returns on what they bring to the table. Devontae Adams is ascending and should be in the peak of his career over the next three years, four years. But Jordy's, I don't, I mean, Jordy's on, on the back end. Cobb is going toward the back end if he's not already there. And I don't know if they know that Michael Clark is ready or that, you know, D'Angelo Yancey is next or, I mean, on their roster, I don't know that they have next. I would think that Ty Montgomery is going to go back out and maybe he takes on the Randall Cobb role. I don't, I mean, I guess. You don't think he's a full-time running back, do you? I don't, here's the sad truth. I don't think he's a full-time anything. Oh, that's that's mean. No, but I'm not insulting the guy. Yeah, you are. His whole family is listening. I I just shot down everything. But no, I don't think he's a full-time running back because clearly he showed that he couldn't hold it. He couldn't hold it injury-wise, which I never thought he could because he was a wide receiver. is that what we're going to do, though? We're going to look at cracked ribs? No, no, he was banged up the year, what, two years ago when he finished the season running back. At the end of the year, he was banged up. just the guys he was a wide receiver there's no reason to think that he would make it through a full season healthy and sure enough he didn't and and on top of that when he was a wide receiver only for the packers they didn't use him much out of the backfield as much as they probably could have and he didn't actually do much as a wide receiver i mean he's, well he was a rookie well 
And he's behind Randall Cobb, and he's obviously he's a slot. Well, now his wide receiver growth has been stunted by two years. So what could go wrong bringing him back and and having him be great? You are negative, I don't think it's going to work well. Um, I'll say this. Taking a wide receiver or something I don't think would be crazy if the Packers really think they could have that guy who could be the uh, 1A and 1B with Devontae Adams moving forward. Just as a little frame of reference, though, the last time the Packers took a wide receiver in the first round, 2002. That would be Javon Walker. The last time they took, or that is the last time they took an offensive player who was not an offensive lineman in the first round, well, other Ka- than Aaron Rodgers. Calvin Ridley is likely uh, somebody that, from Alabama that would be available in that uh, time frame of the first round of the draft. And at least uh, through the mocks I've looked at, he might be the top receiver on the board overall in college football. So I don't know that it's a great wide receiver year where the draft class is concerned. Now, we'll find out. All right, let's get to number one. Number one. All righty. Was it Ridley great in Alien? <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. okay, moving on. All righty here. Uh, number one uh, at the top Wasn't four that her four. name? You don't know. No. Okay. I, dirty mind. little secret here. I haven't seen Alien. Ever? Ever. Okay. I know. I feel bad. Have That's... you ever encountered an alien like in real life? I have not. No, okay. right. uh, I do like watching the X-Files, though. Good times. Anyways, uh, speaking of, of things that aren't going well, that's my transition right there. The uh, the Bucks, you were there last night, and uh, Jason Kidd seems to have drawn a little bit of ire from the Milwaukee Bucks Twitter fan base, which has been exploding over the last eh, about 16 hours or so. So I guess um, my, my question is this. How do, how should the, the Bucks handle the Jason Kidd situation moving forward? Well, I don't think there's really anything to handle right now. Um, I, You know, because there, there's a big call out there from the fan base that says you need to get rid of Jason Kidd. He's the problem. Fire him right now. And I'm just never of that mindset. Now, if they want to review this as the season comes to a close and they bow out in the first round of the playoffs, or, heaven forbid, they don't make the playoffs. Then you can review it, and this ownership group is not incredibly patient. They don't mind spending money, but you're not spending money in firing Jason Kidd in January. Who are you going to go get? You would be interim from now through the end. You don't go get somebody now. Who are you going to go get? Yeah, and I couldn't even name one of their assistants right now. So I you're just going to gonna promote from within. What's uh, unless you see a dramatic change in philosophy? of going to your assistant coaches, what are you going to do here? So I'm more of the mindset that let's continue to work down this path. There are 38 games, by the way, remaining. I mean, you're just barely past the midway point. And there are two games above 500 on the seven-seed line in the Eastern Conference. The goal this year was to be a top-four seed, host a series, win a series, and then move on. Because they're not going to win two series. I think there was some pie-in-the-sky thought that, hey, they could compete with anybody. Well, they can't. They can't. But I don't know that that's a Jason Kidd deal. I think that's a roster deal. Uh, I'm with you on the roster thing. My, my one concern here is the Bucks ended last season 42-40, uh, and 40, so two games over 500. That's what they're currently sitting at right now as well. And, and the crazy part about this is Giannis has taken such a huge step forward this year. I mean, the start of his season was uh, like, I mean, everybody everybody in the NBA was talking about him as an NBA candidate, and he still is, frankly. Granted, it doesn't look at this point like the Bucks will get enough wins for him to actually get an MVP nod. But he's having the year of his life, and the Bucks are still 
two games above 500, exactly what they were last year. So, so he's gotten better. Team stayed the same. What's up with that? That's my big question. What's going on there? Well, Shouldn't he have made everybody better just by the fact that he is better? You would think that with Eric Bledsoe as part of that deal. Yeah, um, and Bledsoe's here now. And Bledsoe's a, a, a tougher-minded, although a, a bit undersized from a tough-minded standpoint, defender. Uh, he is a runner. He likes to get out in the open court, is a good passer. Uh, last night was not a good scoring or shooting night for Bledsoe. Um, and I know some people don't like this concept, but Chris Middleton is their second best scorer, but I don't think he's their second best player. Who he's is? A, he's a scorer. Well, who is, though? I would say Bledsoe is. Yeah. Because I think Bledsoe plays a more complete game than Middleton. I think Middleton is a one-dimensional player, and that dimension is his shooting-slash-scoring game. But And that doesn't show up every night. Yeah, and I, and I don't think he's a great facilitator or distributor. Um, I, I don't think he's a very good defender. Uh, listen, the team's got holes. Middleton and Giannis are the top two minutes leaders in all of NBA basketball. Well, what are you going to do when you finish 38 more games and those guys are playing 40 minutes a night and now you want them to help you go win a playoff series? They don't have a bench. The roster is, they're, they're in a tough spot. And it's not all, although I don't discount that some of it is Jason Kidd. It is not all Jason Kidd. We're looking for scapegoats. You want to point a finger. I get it. That's what fans do. And Jason Kidd is part of the problem. And by part of the problem, I mean right now he's not proved to be the solution. And if you're not part of the solution, then you're part of the problem. But I'm not doing something now. I'm not going to knee-jerk react on this. I'm going to let it play. And at the end of the year, you're going to do the things that you need to do when there's a market for coaches. But, oh, by the way, watching that game in person last night, Eric Spolstra outcoached Jason Kidd. It's not that close. Got a, a deeper, not more talented, but a deeper roster in that vein. You could argue that, I suppose. We continue 877-729-1070. 877-729-1070. This is the Mike Heller Show. Do you know how, how difficult it is to um, to struggle through a dry, repetitive cough and to be a talk show host? I can only imagine. It's a it's a I don't know. Can you tell the times when I am uh, in mid sentence and I am I am working the hardest I possibly can to suppress that cough that is just right there on the edge? Well, I mean, I'm able to see it in studio, so. Yeah, it's a little bit easier for me to see it. You know, I, if you're watching on Facebook Live right now, you'll see it too. It's one of the best things to see. Hey, look at there. Look at there. <laughs> Man, you're struggling a little bit. What's going on over there? Yeah, it's been, uh, I, I got this cold when I was in um, covering the Orange Bowl. That's when it started. Oh, you got the swamp cold. Is that got what it, it is? I, I have no idea. <laughs> Just made it up. <laughs> Uh, I got it staying in uh, the Trump Doral. I don't know, for those who are politically oh boy. driven. Oh, boy. What um, are we doing? Yeah. Uh, what kind I'm of not. show is this? I'm not. I don't do those things because there is... Uh, you know what? From a political standpoint, in in our world, you can only be on one side. 
Hmm. That's all that is allowed on Twitter, social media, or over the air if you're not a political host. If you're not... Okay, so you know what I mean by this. If you're not doing a news talk show, because news talk shows are all driven one side of the aisle or the other. Yeah. That's it. There's no moderate. There's no middle ground. But if you do a show... If you're in the entertainment business, if you're in the sports business, you can only espouse one political view without just being railed on by the masses. Uh, I think I, I think I know where so you're you going. You know here. where I'm going there. All right. So I don't I don't ever go there because I'm not going to feed the frenzy and I'm not just part of that uh, that procedure. All right. <coughs> so there it is again. Um, <laughs> so uh, when we when we're talking about. The Bucks. I want to bring it back to this because, man, the 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 Twitter follow last night when I had tweeted out something about the uh, concept of how disappointing that game was, and it's time is it time to start pointing pointing fingers? When I said that last night on Twitter, uh, my Twitter timeline just lit up. Now I, I only followed some of it immediately because the rest of it I was commuting back from the BMO Harris Bradley Center in Milwaukee to my home. So, you know, uh, like the good driver I am, I'm not sitting there perusing my Twitter at that moment. However, there is good and bad built in to the venom that is being thrown out where the bucks are concerned. One, the good part of it is, is the people care. If the timeline doesn't light up, if they're... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's not a bunch of responses. And if people aren't filling up my timeline last night on Buck stuff, then I get the, con- the concept that, eh, you know, people don't care. There have been a lot of years here that people have not just simply don't care about the Bucks. And I think the biggest reason, Joel, that that has changed is a guy by the name of Giannis Adetokounmpo. They, the, the opinion and the care factor about the Bucks changes dramatically, dramatically, because Giannis is a star. I mean, absolutely. Like, to the point where I was talking to Mike Pilch before the show started, I've already decided that if the Bucks somehow lose Giannis, like they aren't able to retain him when his next contract is due, I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to. I don't want to watch a team that's been mediocre forever and and can't even keep a once in a generation guy. That's what they have hanging on their shoulders. Because I don't think I'm the only guy who's been like that. And the reason why Bucks Twitter and all that stuff has been so venomous is because of that mediocrity. We're all tired of it. We're I mean it's it's a fed up fan base because it's been 
forever. But if they didn't have a star on uh, on the franchise that has been mediocre, the care factor would be down. Well, it the, would be down significantly. It would be non-existent. People, listen, you can't win in the NBA without a star. Absolutely not. Can't do it. And somebody will say, well, what about San Antonio? Tim Duncan was a star. Yeah, what, what do you mean? What Manu Ginobili was a star. They're all Parker's Hall of Famers. A star. Um, you know, Kawhi Leonard's a star. Yep, all And they Hall got a star coach. All four of them. So you don't don't give me that. You have to have not one. You have to have two, maybe three stars to win in the league. Kevin Durant, they were two stars in Oklahoma City, and they were right on the precipice. Couldn't get there. They had two stars. Couldn't get there. Yeah, that's scary. That's scary for Bucks fans. You have to have three. And that's why, and, and listen, this is why it becomes so important and hard to understand how you go from one to two to three. All right? So I would, I would argue this. Golden State was good and lucky. Steph Curry was not a highly sought-after NBA rookie and, in fact, struggled with his ankle issues for his first year and a half. Yeah, first couple years of his career, yeah. The Bucks didn't draft Klay Thompson. And they could have. They could have drafted Clay Thompson, and they didn't. Boy, that would have been But neither something. Curry or Thompson came out as highly sought after uh, players in the NBA draft. They're not lottery picks. Oh, Curry was like the seventh pick. I know, but it, well, I guess you, I mean you understand my point. It's not like he was the top of the draft. Can't miss. Go get him. Oh no, I mean like I mean what uh, Minnesota took like what two point guards ahead of him. Yeah, that's I, I guess that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I get Giannis, you. Giannis okay. again. You have to you have to be lucky. Giannis was not that guy. Middle of the first round, and has turned into be a superstar. The difference is is that Golden State got good and lucky with Curry, and lucky with Clay Thompson, and then they brought in Steve Kerr when when Mark Jackson failed, and the system catered to those incredible abilities in what Thompson and Curry can do. And then they got Draymond Green, who will do all of the dirty work, all of it, including being unpopular. He does what I've always thought Nigel Hayes needs to do. He needs to be the guy that makes other people want to fight. That's what Draymond Green has done. And then they had other perfect pieces to fit the puzzle. But when did they become unbeatable? When they added another star in Kevin Durant. And Andre Iguodala also does a lot of great things that people, you know, sometimes goes unnoticed. Wasn't he the finals MVP the first year when they won the title? He was, and he was the guy primarily guarding LeBron in that series yeah. and guarding him very well. And Iguodala's not uh, front and center. He's not a star. He was a star in that series. He's great for what they do. But, you know, if Iguodala hits free agency, it's not as though everybody's trying to line up to get Andre Iguodala. No, but I mean, role yeah, he's, playing he's done a lot for that team. Perfect for what they do. Yep. Draymond Green, role-playing, perfect for what they do. Okay, wait, so... Check so then, their egos at the door. But they got they okay. were lucky and good. You have to be both. I think the Bucks got very lucky with Giannis Adetokounmpo. Good, I mean, good on, on, on Hammond to draft him. But the, after that... That's a lucky move to be who he is. Unlucky on the number two overall selection in Jabari Parker. So lucky on one, unlucky on another. But the the biggest question is once you get to two, how do you get the third? That's how you win. 
Well, wait, wait, but hold on. How do the Bucks get to two? Well, they they're not. I've said they're unlucky. Well, no, but I'm saying like, but okay. So I'm asking, how do they get to two right now? I, that's the that's the whole point. The league makes it almost impossible to get there. The only way you get there for the Bucks is to have Giannis play at such a level and the system to be so engaging that somebody wants to come to you. Giannis has to be a recruiter. He's got to be John Calipari. He's got to be a guy that other players want to play with. Steph Curry's that guy. People want to play with Steph Curry. He's, you know, at the time when he was ascending, you know, early, uh, Steph Curry played a style, Steve Kerr style, Mark Jackson style prior to that, but Kerr really opened it up. Uh, played a style, had a demeanor and an attitude, and was so much fun to watch that others wanted to join. Okay, so really, right now, the Bucks have to find a way so that Giannis can turn into that guy that's able to recruit somebody and not Anthony Davis wasting away down in New Orleans. Because Anthony Davis is a transcendently talented player, and yes, they did bring in Cousins, but that's a whole different thing. But nobody went down to actually play with him. You know what I'm saying? And he's a once-in-a-generation talent. Anthony Davis is insane, but nobody's actually joined them out of his free will. Somehow the Bucks have to figure out a way to get somebody... To not, not trick anybody, to actually have somebody choose to come here. And what's scary, the scariest thing as a Bucks fan, for myself, is sitting here realizing that there's a good chance that that never actually happens. That Giannis is just the best player on a meh team for his entire run here in Milwaukee. That's scary. And, I mean, they got to do something, because right now... Bringing in Bledsoe's fine. Bringing in DeAndre Jordan, if they want to do that, that's fine. But that's not that's not getting you your number two. That's getting you a number three. That's all that's doing. You need another guy. Yeah. You need another star. And that's there's been no signs of that happening. So, so your far. thought on how this happens in Milwaukee? Eight seven 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 two nine ten seventy. Your thoughts on how that? How you get another star? How Milwaukee gets to the hump and over the hump? with Giannis Adetokounmpo and others, 877-729-1070. Let me tell you about this before we get to a break. Uh, The Brewers are reinventing the ticket plan. Reinventing. Gone are the days of feeling locked into games. From now on, your ticket plan revolves around you. With a new and improved Brewers Flex 10-pack, you pick the games you want to see. You decide when you want to redeem your tickets. You can even use a different number of tickets for each game. The way it works is that you begin with one large bank of tickets, then allocate your bank of tickets any way you like across a selection of 52 games. Plus, every 10-pack features a number of exclusive benefits, including a priority seat location, ticket savings up to 25%, and opening day as your free 11th game. Did you hear me? Opening day as your free 11th game. To learn more, call 414-902-HITS. 414-902-HITS or visit brewers.com slash 10packs. Brewers.com slash 10packs. This is the Mike Heller Show. I've got a couple of friends that are just deep, deep, deep into the Milwaukee Bucks. And uh, one of them is also a Cubs fan. So he, I kind of discount um, what he what he, what he he throws into the mix. It's a weird He's, mixture of yeah. fandom. Yeah. How does that work? How does it possibly work? Well, you, Why wouldn't he be the Bulls fan? I'm not sure. 
Um, and, and I'm not responsible for his fandom. However, he's deep into the Bucks concept, and he filled up my Twitter timeline last night. Mike tweeted in at Heller Sports. He says, number one thing to do for the Bucks is get a real NBA coach. Everything falls into place after that. Giannis, Bledsoe, Middleton, Jabari, Brogdon. Next, get a journeyman center to mix it up and not get moved off his spot. But the first and only move right now is a real coach. And I said, can you get a real coach in January? And I said this jokingly before. But he just tweeted back, George Carl. I had George Carl on when I hosted the Dan Patrick Show over the holidays. And I asked George about wanting George to coach. Carl? And he said, George George said to me on the Dan Patrick Show, he said, yes, I want to hey, coach again. Is Scott Skiles available? Any other super retreads that we could just run back out? Are we serious? I'd rather have you know a guy just come in off the assistant bench. George Carl uh, did not end up in popular stead in no. what he finished on with uh, Denver and um, and for that matter when he left Milwaukee. But eight seven 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 two nine ten seventy. We uh, appreciate the uh, tweets, Mike. We go to Alex in Stevens Point. Alex, thanks for calling. Hello. I'm doing good, guys. How are you, Alex? I didn't ask you how you were doing. <laughs> Love it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> how you doing, sorry. Alex? How am I doing? I'm doing pretty good. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. What's going on? All right. So I was hearing you guys in a conversation about how Giannis could be a potential one-generation player on a Met team, and I think that's where Milwaukee's at right now. Um, now, with that being said, I was a proponent of them trading for Eric Bledsoe because Eric Bledsoe is a guy that could give you that can fill up the statute a little like Middleton in that he'll give you 25 and five a game. Middleton will give you 16, four and four. Um, I did also just hear the uh, the Twitter stuff. And I actually agree. I don't know if Jason Kidd can lead you to a championship as a head coach. Right, but is that um, something you do in January or is that something you do in May? Th- that's more something that you do in May. I would agree with that. But here's also something that I think they should do in May. I think they should get DeAndre Jordan in May because, let me explain, he has a player option at the end of this year. If you trade for him, you have the potential of getting a, a guy that is that will give you a double-double every night, a walking double-double for just two months, and I don't want that. Like, say that you go ahead and trade uh, Parker and throw out one of the bad contracts like uh, Della Vadova and a first-round pick for uh, DeAndre Jordan, and you, get, you only get him for two months, you lost your opportunity to have a potential deep combo that will lead you on a championship run. So I don't know if trading for DeAndre is the right move. I think that getting after him in free agency is the right move. And then the question ends up being, um, does DeAndre Jordan, if you're trying to, and I understand your your premise, but can you lure DeAndre Jordan or any of the other big name that you might want to to come to Milwaukee? Can you do that well, in, in May, well, June, I, or July? This is what I would tell DeAndre Jordan. We have one of the best players in the NBA right now in Giannis Ndedekumbo. We've got a couple of nice players in Bledsoe and Middleton that need help. We need rebounding. The Bucks are dead last in rebounding right now. You're not going to win a playoff series this year if you are 30th in the league in rebounding out of 30 teams. And what I would also tell him is that we need you to be a voice. We need you to be a vocal leader on that team. Chris Middleton sort of you know, evolved into that role. I believe that DeAndre Jordan would want to come here simply because of the fact that he was with the Clippers for the past few years. And, ever, and it seems like that now that the reports of free service, CP3 and Blake Griffin didn't want to play together. And DeAndre Jordan got stuck in the middle of it. 
And I remember that he was supposed to go to Dallas, and then CP3 and Blake Griffin blocked him off because to force him to resign, to force him to resign with the Clippers. So I don't want to feel like that he was forced in that way, but I would say that look at the situation that you have in L.A. Injuries piling up. You got a $200 million player in Blake Griffin whose contract right now is probably immovable at this point. I think that this is honestly a better fit for DeAndre than L.A. is. All right. Listen, that's pretty well thought out. Uh, Alex, appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the phone call. And, yes, I do care how you're doing. Yeah, that was great. That was a great start uh, to a call. Matt in Verona. Matt, you're next. Hello. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Um, three things. Uh, are immediate. They're going to happen after the season. So I don't think there's a whole heck of a lot we're going to do now. But uh, I do think we need a system change, which probably needs a head coach. Uh, we play, we don't play fast enough given the athleticism that we have. Uh, we need to be um, pushing the pace more, in my opinion. We also, I, I don't believe that Giannis has developed into a player that makes his team better, elevates his team He'll learn that he's young, but uh, he hasn't gotten this. You know, he's got this world-class athletic ability and talent, and he's one of the top five players in the NBA. But he has yet to take that and raise the ability of his team to a higher level, like some of the greats do, like most all of the greats do. And the third thing is, we are a bad three-point shooting team, and we need elite three-point shooting around Giannis because he's going to draw attention on double teams outside of Middleton where Bledsoe doesn't shoot the three well. Uh, none of the other guys do. We need a lead three-point shooting. Kirk coming back isn't going to help that. And so I think we need, we need better uh, perimeter play there. Yeah, you know, what that is is, is I don't disagree uh, mainly across the board, but it's understanding what they need and then finding the avenues to go get it. It's a, it's a, that's the storyline. You know, the Bucks have zero bench, right? I mean, that's why Middleton and Giannis are the top two minutes leaders in the NBA. That's a bad thing. You don't want to lead the league in minutes as a, as a player, uh, because if your if your goal is to be effective in May, um, you can't lead the league in minutes in January. You know, you've got to save some. It's a long haul. People don't fully understand that sometimes. But there's no bench. If Giannis and Middleton are not on the floor, who's scoring the basketball? You know, I mean, it's 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 they've asked and have hoped that John Henson could be that guy. John Henson is he is an end of the bench guy who is situational, not on the floor for 28 minutes and needing to um, count on for double-digit scoring uh, and 8-10 to 10 rebounds because any big man of size will move Henson out of, out of the play. He's just too slight. Um, and in a, maybe in a particular system, he... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thrives, but not doing what they're doing. I don't know. 
listen, this this is what I do know. Making a, a coaching change in January is a desperate move that won't yield the results that somebody wants. Wanting somebody out is not the same as wanting somebody in. Okay? So we get frustrated. Fans get frustrated right now with Jason Kidd. Having Jason Kidd not at the end of the bench doesn't make them better. Unless you have somebody in mind that occupies that chair that makes them better. Otherwise, that's a move to be made in May. Not a move to be made right now out of frustration and reaction. Doesn't mean that they won't do it. I'll tell you this. If they go on a protracted six or seven game losing streak, they would they would that would likely be the end. You know, if the Bucks fell to four or five games under, they're two games above. But if they went through a streak in which they just uh, checked out and played bad basketball and the currently twenty three and twenty one bucks fell to twenty three and twenty six. Uh, you would likely see a change. And it would be symbolic. And I don't know what change it would make immediately, but you know, you, you can't fire a roster, but you can't fire a coach. Uh, one thing I wanted to add on the DeAndre Jordan coming here in free agency, I thought that was pretty well laid out there uh, from our caller, but here, here's the real deal with DeAndre Jordan. Guy's lived in Los Angeles for, I don't know, what, six, seven years now? And he's from Houston. He's from Houston. Um, probably doesn't want to come to Milwaukee. Just, just throwing that out there. That's probably the sad reality of the situation. Where we are geographically has a lot to do with it. Size of city has a lot to do with it, and that's why you're going to run into a lot of guys like him. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Yeah. Um, do you would you want to if you were a free agent? Would you want to go to the Minnesota Timberwolves? Uh, no, absolutely not. Why? Because it is freezing in Minnesota. You play the games indoors. Doesn't and matter. you spend forty. Uh, you can't go to the beach indoors. You spend forty-one of your days away from home. Forty-one. You play forty-one road games. I get it, but no. I mean, I, I just. I there were look. There are cities like Miami that you could go to. Why wouldn't you want to go to Miami? This is why I've never understood why Miami's not the the best team in baseball and why football would I, and everything. I, I, am I a basketball player? No. 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 I mean, who oh. are you asking? I, I mean, what? I, I'm just you're 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 wanting to go to the best scenario in which you can win. That's not what every guy's motivation is, though. I mean, we know that the best players in the league's motivation are about winning. You think it's about uh, you know going to Miami and and being able to hang at the beach? Uh, Those I guys don't, don't get better. Not not. I mean, we're talking the very best guys. Sure, the guys who are worried about their legacy. But I mean, otherwise, if you're a very talented guy, you know that that ring down. Now you're kind of money and lifestyle has a lot to do with it. I don't think that's a far fetched statement. Yeah, but money and lifestyle. These guys don't live. They don't have to live in Milwaukee. But uh, they have to spend a lot of time there. My, in, Milwaukee in the winter in their Escalade with oh. their driver. Yeah, whatever. I gotta know whatever. All right, uh, one more hour yet to go. It's next. This is the Mike Heller Show. They're the in crowd. We're the other ones. It's a different kind of cloth that we're cut from. We let our color show where the numbers ain't. With a paint where there ain't supposed to be paint. That's who we are. This is the Mike Keller Show. That's how we roll. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Keller Show. Now, here's Mike Keller. I will get high and I 
Into the 5 o'clock hour we go. Mike Heller with you in studio, joined by uh, Joel Finkelman, who I'll get to an official introduction in a moment, so don't let that be uh, your your trigger. Uh, John Adius is not here today. There are multiple reasons. One, uh, we've allowed him to return to the hinterland uh, to get just a sense of the, the flavor of his team uh, in anticipation of the NFC Championship game, which is on the road. However, he is in Minneapolis, and their team is there. Number two, we've also allowed John time away from the program yesterday and today to work on um, lyrics for a new show open that John would live rap in every day at the opening of the three, four, and five o'clock hours of the program. Wow, three times a day. That sounds like something he is. Don't you think he'd be up fired in? up about that? Oh, I mean, after huh? his response yesterday, or two, was that? Yeah, two days ago. Two days ago. Yesterday. What day was that? <laughs> I don't know. Two days ago. Whatever day he rapped, after that response, yeah, I would imagine he's going to just rap the whole show from now on. Because one of the other proposals was every Friday at 5 o'clock, he could do a week's wrap up. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, that was. I don't want to say that was my idea, but it was but the it was Friday, your wrap idea, up. Right? Friday, Friday wrap up. Friday wrap up. I think it sounds pretty Who good. Who came up with that idea? Yeah, I don't know. Some Are really smart, intelligent guy. Going to work with him on the lyrics for that? Uh, oh, I'm not a lyrical master. Oh, you're not? No. no. You're not I'm, a lyricist? I enjoy rap. I love it. I uh, grew up on Eminem, but uh, but no, I, I can't if, do the If rap I were myself. trying to be a lyricist, I'm pretty sure I'd be more inclined to be a plagiarist than a lyricist. I would just steal other people's lines. Here's a secret. That's what they mostly do anyways. Oh, okay. All right. I yeah. wasn't sure. Yeah, no worries. Uh, so John will um, allegedly be back on the program tomorrow. In his stead, we get Joel Finkelman today. Hello, Joel. Doctor J! Hello, everybody. Is Including that you? Mike Mankey. Oh, that, that? Was, that was Mankey. Yeah. Well, you think I'd do my own voiceover work? Yes. Oh, I would. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sadly. Question answered. <laughs> um, all right. So, um, some news today. The Lakers have signed Nigel Hayes to a 10-day deal. Hayes really, um, you know, I know that it, you, were, you were making light of it. However, I would add this on Nigel Hayes. He was having outstanding um, numbers with the Westchester Knicks, averaging just under 15 points, 6.5 rebounds, 2 assists, shooting 44% from 3-point range, and 73% from the free-throw line. Well, that's actually not bad. So he's on a 10-day deal now with the Los Angeles Lakers. Gives you a different reason to watch the Lakers when they're uh, on late-night TV in the NBA because... um, Lonzo Ball has not been playing, and in fact, when he's been hurt, the Lakers are winless in his absence. So he's just too good. Lonzo's too good. He's a good player. He's he's <laughs> a good player that gets a bad rap as he should. Well, not because he's earned that. His I agree. Dad has put that on him. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, but he still deserves it. All he's, he has to do is one thing: tell his dad to shut up. Okay, how many people are willing to do that? Lots of people have told their parents to shut up before. Uh, okay. If they're that over, can, can he at least be like, yo, dad, tone it back 15%. Actually, you know what? 12 and a half. We'll get it 12 maybe, and a half percent. Maybe he has. Or maybe ship out maybe some of is, our shoes on time. Maybe it is toned down a little bit. We well, haven't um, heard much from him in about eight days. Well, so. he's in Lithuania. Oh, well, don't they have a, doesn't ESPN have a embedded a Lithu- reporter? <laughs> in Lithuania? They do. Yeah, they, they sent, sent a reporter. Over. Yeah, yeah. I would have turned, I would have, I literally would have handed in my letter, letter of resignation if I was that guy. I'm like, no, I'm not going to Lithuania to follow the Ball family. Are you kidding me? I don't know. 
Do your job, Joel. Do your job? That sounds horrible. So if the mothership says, hey, we're sending you to Lithuania to cover the Ball family as they uh, they begin their uh, European basketball careers, you're going to say, nope, I'm going to go get a job at Home Depot? Yeah, no, I think I would say I got into this business to cover sports, not a sideshow. Oh, goodbye. Okay, that's fine. I stand by my morals. Good luck with you. Good you know, luck. I, you know, I heard uh, Fox Sports is hiring. <laughs> I can go there. Yeah, NBC, somebody. Somebody's got to be hiring, right? Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, uh, no, I mean, listen, I, I'm glad that you are a man of your principles. Who am I kidding? I would sell out in a of second. Of course you would. <laughs> I was giving you a little benefit of the doubt. I know. I just wanted to pretend like I was some sort of sanctimonious. Okay, so th- here's, I want to give you a little ray of hope, all right? And, and you you can buy into this, Joel. or you Or you won't. But I think you will. Well, knowing okay. me, I won't. But you ready? Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is what I think. This is not just me wanting it to be so. I will. I will sit here today on as I look down and make sure I've got the date right. It's January the eighteenth, twenty eighteen. A year from today, we will be talking about the Packers in preparation for playing in the NFC Championship game. Wow, you're just calling it now. I, I am. This is this is typically if you change offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and move your GM out of their current role, you're in a rebuild. The Packers are not in a rebuild; they're in a reboot. Now they got they got to get the right size boots. You know they they got to get the right color, the right style. They got to be able to use those boots both as uh, fashion wear and as work boots. These boots have to be versatile. But the Packers are in a reboot, not a rebuild. They don't need a contractor. They don't need a blueprint and designs. They don't need an architect. They are just, they need a bootmaker. They need Tony Lama. They need to step in and put on the new boots. This is a reboot, and these boots will not only be working boots, but they will be fashion boots. They can get on a horse boot. They, I mean, these boots will take you through snow drifts. Are these boots these, made for walking by any chance? Maybe talking? Maybe. <laughs> but a year from, okay, so tell me, you think I'm wrong, right? A oh, year from no, I'm not, I'm not a year that. from today, we're talking about the Green Bay Packers in preparation for playing in the NFC Championship game. That's my hope. Um, and, you know, hope is hope. But look, I I, I can't predict anything. Tell me like why that. not. Tell me why not. Tell me why not. Because okay, I, so I have no put... idea what to expect, both offensively and defensively, oh, yes, going into do. next yes, season. Yes, you do. Okay. Yes, you oh, do. you're right. You're right. Huh? You're totally right. Offensively, I'm expecting exactly the same, and defensively, I'm expecting uh, pretty much the same thing. Right? That's why would because you we have expect, bad players? Why would you expect the same on offense? Because when you, it's when you it's bring back running when, the show. Oh, stop it. When you bring who's back Who's calling the plays? Who's calling the plays next year? Who's 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 run the one of the better offenses in the NFC for the last 11 years? Yeah. But I'm saying well, look at the okay, stats. What do you think it's and getting they're better? Bringing Aaron Rodgers. Why wouldn't it get better? Why well, I'm saying versus you, you a normal in, Packer you offense. In, you bring in Joe Philbin yeah. to return as the as the OC, the OC in name. Who's been gone for like 5 years? Who was a head coach is part of that time away. Yeah, that worked out well. <laughs> Come on. Josh McDaniels is the uh, offensive coordinator in New England. He went away to be a head coach. How'd that work out? Yeah, not great. Pretty good offensive coordinator, though, right? Yeah. yeah. Then again, I just don't buy into anything that the, the Packers offensive coordinators actually do much. I mean, they've had like three different guys. So Guess what? what? You, still McCarthy. What you're saying, though, if tell me if I misheard you. 
But you said, why would I expect differently? Same old. Bring back the same offense. I'm bring not back saying. The same... Look, I'm not saying that they're going to have Brett Hundley numbers. I'm just saying that, like it's going to be the normal Packers offense. Do you see the Packers offense under Aaron Rodgers making a like a big step forward versus other Packers with Aaron Rodgers offense? Like that's what I'm confused about. Like, do you think? actually bringing Philbin back is going to make that much of a difference? If it does, man, I'm, I'll be over the moon. And I'll tell you what, when Philbin was here, the Packers were running quick slants, putting tight ends in the slot, all kinds of fun things with Jermichael Finley, which they could do with other tight ends, but just haven't. I mean, so yeah, that, things did go well, but are you just are you just predicting right now that it will? Because I'm not willing yeah, to go I, that far. I'm, I'm predicting that it will. Okay, so then, okay, on, on the offensive side of the ball, I guess we're at an impasse there. What's the impasse? Well, just I don't. I'm not going to believe anything until I see it. I, I mean, I don't know. Joe Philbin's been out of the have out not, of the game for a have while. Have you not seen it? When, when was the last time? Like when? I mean, we're Didn't talking they play 2011? the NFC Championship one year ago. Uh, yeah, and like their offense. So do you remember that game? Twelve months ago. Twelve months ago, they played in the NFC Championship. Did you remember the week before when they won at Dallas, or the week before that when they won the home playoff game against? The Giants, who I were do. top five defense in the NFL? I do. It was a very good offense. The Packers always have so, a very good offense. I'm just asking, okay, like, I don't, right, get, I don't so, get how you can so assume. You have, so you don't have an issue that the offense will be NFC championship capable? I, with we, Aaron Rodgers at the helm, yes. Okay. But so I just, what, I don't... What are you arguing against? Because you're then? making it sound like it's going to get better. How am I supposed to know if it's going to get better? Joe Philbin may, might make no difference at all. Because once again, it's McCarthy who runs the show. But when you say that, you sound negative anti-McCarthy. No. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Look, I think McCarthy's fine offensively. I, th- I think he's done a really good job. Obviously, they've had a really okay, so high ratings Okay, so we haven't reached an impasse on offense. <laughs> we actually agree. You just want to argue. Um, so we agree sure. okay. that the offense is good enough to be in an NFC championship position a year from today. As long as Aaron Rodgers is healthy, they are capable of doing anything. Thank you. All right. So we, we're good on that side of the ball. Yes. Good enough, and they will add some pieces, and good enough to be an NFC championship caliber team one year from today. Hope now, so. Now, yeah. we just agreed to it, and then you have to throw in the hope so. Well, I just I hope right. they get there. That's what I'm saying. I right. hope they okay. do. Okay. All right. So we do agree, yes. but then you have to throw in that little... Look, I just want to disagree with you, okay? Just just let me do on it. On the defensive side of the ball, I get it. That what is it that leads you to believe, that, what is it that leads me to believe, that they can be a top 10 or 12 defense in the league after being... You know, a bottom five defense this think, year. Do you think there's a chance of that? Like seriously? I think Mike Pettin, uh I think that there is the, every chance that he will flip the script on what they do defensively. I do think if I have an issue with Mike McCarthy, it has been loyalty. I thought he was too loyal for too long to Dom Capers. Prior to that, I thought he was too loyal for too long to others. Sean Slocum, the special teams coach. That, uh, that hurt you in that game in Seattle. I think that he has been too loyal too long. And with Dom Capers, I think it was two years too long. So if I want to fault Mike McCarthy, and by the way, if somebody ever faults me in life, I want to be faulted for loyalty. It's a good thing to be it's faulted for. It's a good for. thing to be faulted for. Mike McCarthy was too loyal for too long to Dom Capers. Mike Pettin will come in and change things up. I think that uh, that Brian Gutekunst has to go... This is the first time I struggle with that, and I'm going to blame it on my cough. Uh, Brian Gutekunst uh, will go out and do some things to give Mike Pettin pieces that Mike Pettin needs to allow Mike Pettin to allow that defense to be top half of the league. And I would say this. If the defense is top half of the league and their offense does what I think their offense will do if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, 
then the Packers are going to have every chance to be playing this weekend, 52 weeks from now, which is the NFC Championship game. Well, no, absolutely. Honestly, if the Packers' defense can rank 15th in the league, that's a Super Bowl team. It just is, with Aaron Rodgers and that kind of offense. The Packers' defense has been so far removed from that from so long. I mean, that... Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Look, at the end of the day, everybody out there who complained about fans wanting capers fired, the reason we wanted capers fired is because we all assume that if you bring in anybody else it probably goes up to to some degree at least 10 percent better right at least instead of ranking 28th the packers rank 23rd and maybe that makes the difference in a playoff game it's just i i have no idea why they held on to him for as long as they did i i can't even fathom it because because none of it makes sense numbers wise at all and i mean when people say man the packers sure are wasting aaron Rodgers' prime well, it's because they could have done better on defense. You can't tell me that if they got rid of Dom Capers four years ago that they couldn't have gotten someone else that could have ranked, I don't know, better than 27th on defense or gave up a score every single time a team went into the red zone because that's what happened this year. Every single time. How's that rank? Oh, wait, last. I, I mean, I just or, or ranked, I don't know, in the bottom three when it came to three and outs forced which is really important. When Dom Capers arrived in Green Bay, his first year as the defensive coordinator, the Packers were seventh in the league in scoring. Yeah. His second year, they were second in the league in scoring. And that was Super Bowl year. You can flip the script with communication, scheme, uh, motivation, and proper coaching. You can flip the script. That's what, yeah, it's a little blind faith. However, Mike Pettin has a pedigree. He has a track record, and I think a first-year defensive coordinator has a dramatic influence on how a defense plays. That's why I am confident that the Packers, with a healthy Aaron Rodgers a year from now, are playing a year from this weekend. That's how I say it. It's it's out there. I mean, there's no—I I don't list this, 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 and this as the concrete reasons because the roster isn't formulated yet. You don't know who's going to be on Green Bay's roster when they are one year from now. And we don't know if we're going to be talking about the postseason or if we're going to be talking about um, you know what they're going to do in augmenting what they have. But that's what I believe the position will be a year from now. Let me take a minute to tell you about our friends at Trip Nerd. Now, this isn't, this isn't just generic bucket list conversation. I want you to make a note of a couple of things. I want you to make a note of Sunday, April the 8th. And then I want you to think of the azaleas in Augusta, Georgia, and the green jacket ceremony at the end of Sunday at the Masters. And then I want to picture, I want you to picture you there. Because through our friends at Trip Nerd, they've got your Sunday Masters badges. All right? Not, it's not an unlimited amount. There is a limited amount of championship green jacket Sunday at the Masters 
tickets, badges for you through our friends at TripNerd. Attend the number one bucket list event in the world, the Masters Golf Tournament. Your championship Sunday package includes a Masters course badge, car parking, luxury shuttle, and a hospitality venue hosted before and after by Packer Hall of Famer Chris Jackie. Want to find out more? Dial pound 250 on your mobile phone, use the keyword TripNerd, or go to TripNerd.com. Go to the Masters on Sunday this year at Augusta. Find out how with our friends at TripNerd. This is the Mike Heller Show. Back with you on the Thursday edition of the Mike Heller Show. The mics are turned off during the break, but on Facebook, I'm sure they could see some animation of uh, Joel and I disagreeing vehemently. I suppose when Dom Capers' name comes up, uh, rational thought drifts out of the room for most people. He's no longer with the Green Bay Packers. Um, The people I've talked to that have played in the league, that have played for or been around Dom Capers, love him. Love him. I'm sure he's a great guy. No, 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 not the guy. They do that too, but they love him in the way he went about his business and how he coordinated defenses, because that's the title of the job, defensive coordinator. Again, I would simply argue this. The Green Bay's failures on defense were less a result of Dom Capers and more a result of Ted Thompson. And when push came to shove, at the end of the day, it took them too long, but the Packers' hierarchy decided that Thompson had to move. And then McCarthy decided that he had to overhaul some of the things that they were doing. But if, if you ask me, and I've done, this for fi- I've done this for 15 years here, but if you were asking me what was the, the horse and the cart about the Packers' defense, which comes first, the GM with personnel or the defensive coordinator who was Dom Capers, I would have said consistently that it was about personnel. Now, there was a a disconnect that I thought showed itself this year more than others uh, with Dom Capers because there were more miscommunications out there than I'm comfortable with in seeing 10 players on the field, 12 players on the field, timeouts, miscommunication in the secondary. Again, I think more driven by personnel than by Dom Capers. And, you know, we're never going to know the ultimate answer But listen, I don't just trust me on this. It's the people I've talked to that played. And those people have said, Dom Capers is brilliant. He is a really smart defensive coordinator. And the issues that they've had, maybe up until the end, weren't driven by him. They were driven by lack of personnel. Okay, well then, news flash to Packers fans, including myself, everywhere out there. Uh, Gutenkunst and whoever, they may draft some guys who are rookies, and then they may bring in a free agent or two. I would highly doubt they're going to bring in any you know massive money, big-name guy who's really going to change things. So at the end of the day, it's going to be a lot of the same players, and if Dom Capers was a genius, then then we're screwed. Okay, because no, Pettin- Again, you, when Capers comes up, Rational thought, and sometimes rational hearing goes out the window for you. Okay. I said, up until last year, I thought Dom Capers was not the biggest part of the issue. I think it equalized last year. I thought there were too many miscommunications, 10 players on a field, 12 players on a field, timeouts at the wrong time, miscommunication in the secondary. I thought last year, there were still huge personnel issues, 
But I thought Dom Capers, uh, the message wore thin, and I thought he got out coached. All right, and I, and I'm not disagreeing with you in the sense that I, I do think a ton of the blame lands at Ted Thompson as well. Because you're right, right now there are two good players on the Packers defense, and maybe Morgan Burnett is solid, and Clinton Dix took a step back, guys like that. Um, but then my thing is, just really simply, isn't it then unacceptable how long the Packers waited to change For the this? organization? Yes. yes. It's unacceptable then if that's except, what the result was. Except you were going to have to move on from a GM that had you in the NFC Championship game in two out of three years. Did he have the Packers in there? He's or the did GM. Aaron Rodgers have He's them in the there? He's the GM. Do you get what I'm saying though? Like, is, or is Aaron Rodgers' greatness just that much better that he dealt with bad defenses I, I'm not and he dealt a, with all that? I'm not a buyer of the the only way that Green Bay was good was because 12 was. I think the head coach was good. I think the personnel around him, especially in offense, was good. Um, I think that the Green Bay Packers were stuck between a rock and a hard place where Ted Thompson was concerned. I think this is just me throwing uh, the, the spaghetti at the wall, hoping it sticks. But I think Green Bay wanted to make a move sooner, but the success didn't allow them to make that move. You can't, as an organization, move on from a GM that is having success. His success was very good on offense, and it was the opposite on defense. And it it really stressed, in my opinion, the ability of the head coach and a coaching staff to try and balance what was incredibly imbalanced, that they were really good on offense, and they were terrible on defense. And how do you how do you move that? And it's a non-ownership group, right? So more difficult to make top-level decisions on a GM or a head coach without an owner. An owner, Jerry Jones, might have made this move six years ago. Yeah, but, Mar- but Murphy has the final say on these things. So if he, a couple of years ago, decided, I know we're having success. No, I you're wrong. I know we're reaching NFC Championship no, 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 games, wait, but this wait. can't stand. You're wrong. He doesn't have final say. Now he might. He has an executive board of directors. I think there's a seven-member deal that they have final say. There's no one member there. There's no Now, Mark Murphy has more wherewithal today than he had um, a month ago, but he didn't have the wherewithal to walk in and say, we're making a change. Well, no, you're not. We're, we are a seven-member board of directors. We decide to make a change. You don't. You're the president of operations. Well, then, You're not the owner. Then in that case, me as a fan, I'm just disappointed that my team and the Dude, you're disappointed group, in a team that played in two out of three no, NFC didn't Championship let me finish my games. I'm disappointed that the people who run the show couldn't have figured this out in advance because we basically wasted time. That's what we did. Okay, again, you're talking about... I know about, we got there. I get Joel, that. Joel, you're talking about wasting time in a three-year span of playing in two NFC Championship games, of one you had one. You won one of them. And Except I, yeah. you had a, a myriad of, of impossible things that happened at the end that allowed you to not win it. And you wanted to change off of that? That's three years ago, Joel. All, all I ever wanted as a fan was to change the defense any way we could, and it took six years for that to happen. The, ba- the Packers' defense was historically bad in 2011, and that's fresh off a of Super Bowl, so you can't fire anybody that year. I get it. They, you know, they get a little grace period. But from that point on, not great. And sure, maybe there was a year or two in there where they ranked okay, and maybe they ranked 23rd instead of 30th, or maybe they ranked 17th or whatever. But the eye test, we all saw it. 
We all saw weeks, you know, just open receivers running rough shot in the middle of the field. We all saw it. That team defensively for six years has been bad. And it, it sucks that they couldn't have done anything. That bad. And which one would you have done? What? You're saying the defense was historically bad. So what move would you have made? Well, I mean, I would have started with Capers, which they finally so did this fired, year. You'd have fired a DC in a situation of which the personnel wasn't good enough. But, and I was getting to it, but I mean, you would have also had to do something at GM. And maybe that's move on from Ted Thompson a little bit earlier than you did. Look at his last like four drafts. They are great. They are great. Go look at Joel. That that's the GM that was in charge of yeah. your personnel overall. Yep. That played in an NFC Championship game three years ago today. I get that. Now, it, does that just pass? I mean, because okay, if that just Joel, gets a pass for the everything, goal. Joel, that's the goal. The goal is to get into the playoffs and play into a championship game and have an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. All right, then you that's know what? The goal. Then you know what? I never should have made a complaint about anything possible. I never should have expected better from my team. I never should have expected maybe a really crappy defense mixed with Aaron Rodgers could have maybe been better than that and maybe been a Super Bowl do, team. You, You're right. I, I mean, should I should never have you, complained about. This do, you, do you get the concept right now that um, in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, there's a frustration that they're not playing in the NFC Championship game? Was that on Sean Payton? Was it on their GM? Or is it on simply one play, one guy falling down like like um, Bostic on the onside kick, not supposed to go Wait, up and get but it? But that's also a franchise that made changes at defense and then changes but at defensive also, coordinator, it's, it's and also, suddenly it's better. It's their also, defense is better. It, Joel, it's also a franchise that doesn't make the playoffs on a regular basis and doesn't get the opportunity for a bite at the apple. The Saints? How many yes. times have they missed the playoffs? A year ago. Okay, reason, then, I'm saying like then more than one do? example. And then what did they do? Uh, they retooled. They got better on right. defense. And what did Green Bay do when they missed the playoffs this year? Yeah, they retooled, and we'll see what happens. But, but, but apparently, Dom Capers but is the biggest wanted, genius in the but world. You, but you wanted to retool out of an NFC Championship game. Yeah, because I wanted better. All right? Don't let success let's, get in the way of greatness. Let's lose on an onside kick in Seattle in the NFC Championship game and then reboot the system because, obviously, we're not good enough. When you played in the NFC Championship game and had everything there and had the game won, if not for an inexplicable myriad of plays that went the wrong way at the end. But after that, let's retool everything. Well, how about we uh, play in the NFC Championship last year and get curb stomped by a team with a good quarterback and a good ride receiver and have Ladarius Gunter be our, our top DB? And out of an and inch- maybe not reset it. Must uh, not make any okay. changes then. Do, do you remember that the first uh, game of a year ago that Sam Shields, your most expensive defensive back, your top cover corner, yeah. went out and never came back? Okay, Sam Shields was good. He was not Richard Sherman in his prime. Packers fans, we all need to realize that, all right? He's the best corner we've had in a while, but he is not Richard Sherman. He, he was, is not Darrell Rivas. Joel, he was your top cover corner. Agreed. When, when that's the a season, fact. When the season began. Yes, I agree yep. with that. That's a that's a factual statement. Yep. And then your other corners that you were counting on ended up being hurt. So Ladarius Gunter, who couldn't make anybody else's roster, was your top cover corner when you went to Atlanta and how to take acceptable? on the NFL's best passing game. So how is that how acceptable? How do you overcome the loss of players during a season? There's no free agent wire to go get somebody in October. I- I'm pretty sure there is. You can get free agents You can get a straight free season. agent in October that's going to make a difference in your secondary, Joel? I-, I mean, the Chiefs got Darrell Rivas this year. And how did he play down the stretch? Well, he made one bad decision uh, not tackling Henry. Come Let's on, put it man. that way. I'm just saying that there are routes. The, you, you can have, make trades. If you, you, have, like, uh, you can do that. You too often have an unrealistic view of what should happen. All right. Okay.
I, I, I don't know how to, how to prove this to you anymore. I, I have run out of words. I mean, well, I just... what, what Green Bay did is they retooled in a year that they don't make the playoffs, which is probably the right way to do it. Absolutely. Well, they had to make change. I mean, they, they had no choice. But I wouldn't have, I mean, I would, I said two years ago on the show, John Adias can attest to it, that I thought the 2016 season would be the last of McCarthy and Thompson working together. I thought Thompson would move on. The worst thing that could have happened for that to play out was to play in the NFC Championship game and lose. So basically, had they gone on to win the Super Bowl, I think Ted Thompson might have, of his own volition, stepped away. But I think he felt like he had unfinished business, and the hierarchy in Green Bay wasn't comfortable moving on from their GM off of an NFC Championship game appearance. So basically what you're saying is that the Packers' success in terms of getting to NFC Championship games... Helped to cause the failure. Yeah, hurt the team long-term. Yeah, I, I think it delayed the change from Ted Thompson. And I think Ted Thompson was a brilliant GM up until about five years ago. And yet they still had success after that point that made it difficult to move on. Conrad waited the whole segment, and I was just going to get to him, and I look over, and, I know. and he left. I know. Well, we were too busy yelling at each other. Uh. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. By the way, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not kidding, though. Go look up Ted Thompson's draft picks over the last four years. Hey, you're, you're, you're a preacher and I'm a choir right now. I'm not disagreeing <laughs> with you. It is. It is downright ugly. There are some rough drafts in the last couple of years. Not not great stuff. 2015, Demarius Randall, Quentin Rollins, Ty Montgomery, Jake Ryan, Brett Hundley, Ripkowski, Kennard Backman, Christian Ringo. How'd that work out? Go again from the top. That would be uh, 2015. Let's see. Demarius Randall, Quentin Rollins, Ty Montgomery. Okay, hold on. Slow. Yep. Randall will probably be your top cover corner uh, next year as he was the back half of this year um, and off of some injuries. Rollins, uh, it's a the jury's out on that deal, but I, I can yep. agree on the negative side. The third was Ty Montgomery. Correct. Um, I just think uh, that role, because of the Eddie Lacy situation, has probably been mishandled. That's on Thompson because they didn't go. They played Lacy when he shouldn't have, and they didn't have yes, other that, running back correct. opportunities because he was banged up against he Detroit. Was, it was a mistake. And they, that was dumb and as hell. I know, that's, but that's, it is ridiculous. But, if, but you can't put that on McCarthy. He had no wherewithal nope, to totally. go. He, he had nobody else to play. I, I that that's week, on Thompson. I remember the tweeting how ridiculous situation that was. off the first collarbone break for Aaron Rodgers is also on Thompson. What happened, Seneca Wallace? Well, they didn't have Seneca Wallace in training camp. Yeah, or Vince Young. They, they signed him after their final exhibition game. Ugh. And then they went and got Tolzien after their final exhibition game. And then had to go get Matt Flynn off the trash heap because the season was disintegrating. Those are on Thompson. I don't know. I mean, we can back this, we can back this train up and do all of those years over again. The point is, I think the circumstances kind of tied the Packers' board of directors' hands on any move from Ted Thompson, and McCarthy was unwilling to say that the problem was Dom Capers. I think that's 
That's those are. Well, I think because, those are okay. the opinionated facts of what was going on, and I don't know which is more right and more wrong on the deal. If if McCarthy's unwilling to make Capers the scapegoat because it's a total lack of personnel, then it's a power struggle between Thompson and McCarthy, and that caused what we see now. And it also yields the potential for great results rolling forward. And Aaron Rodgers is still in the peak years of career, as we've seen what Tom Brady has been able to do, and Drew Brees, for that matter. Uh, we've got room for you, 877-729-1070. And breaking news on Giannis Adetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. Breaking news Ooh. next on The Mike Heller Show. Back in on the Mike Heller Show, I got this tweet from Rob Vogel. He said, turned on uh, Heller on the air, and one in one minute, I hear is he is enjoying the same hair-pulling-out pain I get each morning arguing with Joel Finkelman. Oh, love you too, Rob. <laughs> he's not here trolling me. Uh, oh, wait, so he's in, on Twitter trolling me. In case you missed it, there was a little bickering fest going on back and forth, um, and I do... Listen, I don't think you're, I don't think you're wrong in your intent, um, or even in the assertion that Dom Capers was a big part of Green Bay's issues, um, or that Ted Thompson was a big part of Green Bay's issues. I don't know that uh, that you can definitively decide which one was the bigger issue. I tend to lean heavily that Thompson on defense was a bigger issue than Capers. However, I don't really know what they were going to do, and. I think now that they've done it, uh, I think we'll uh, have some regret that they didn't do it sooner. Uh, I do think they were uh, caught a little bit between a rock and a hard place, and I don't put it on Capers, although I do think that the move is right now to move on from Capers. My belief is simply this, is that Mike McCarthy did not want to make Capers the scapegoat for lack of personnel that was given to him and them by the general manager. I think McCarthy was of the absolute mindset that personnel was a huge issue, more of an issue than Capers, and he didn't want to be that guy that made it to be Capers' responsibility and blame him by firing him when it was really on Thompson. That's my opinion on it. I want to get to Conrad, who waited the entire last segment, and we never got to him. And Conrad, remember, we don't have to put you on the air. We choose to put you on the air. And Mike, it's always it's always the right decision. Well, no, not always. I, all, all I have <laughs> not, to say, not always, is you're right. In this whole situation, Y2K is wrong, and Mike Heller is right. So we will. I'm going to leave it at that. And thanks for squeezing me in. Have a good night. That was oh. it. What? <laughs> Huh? What? That, that wasn't it the first time. Huh? Oh, whatever. All right. Well, thanks, Conrad. I guess you're Y2K in this case. I. That's fair. I'm the young guy, so I'll be okay. I remember Y2K. It's a good it time. Because you were wrong. Yeah. I get it. I, I, I get why people think I'm wrong, and I even feel like sometimes I'm wrong. <laughs> All right? I just... Oh, I don't know how to explain it. I just wanted better. I just wanted to get rid yeah, of think- something that was bad for that many years. I wanted something better than that. I wanted something. Here's the thing. But I, I never wanted you, the Packers' defense to be a top five defense. I just wanted them to be a top fifteen. That's all I wanted. But I thought what you were trying to get rid of was not the reason it wasn't good. I look. I was just trying to make it good by any means possible. If that means getting rid of Capers, it means getting rid of Capers. If it means getting rid of Thompson, it means getting rid of Thompson. It just. 
I just want so, defense to and, be a little bit better. This this is this is the fight that I can't stand fighting. Um, Spencer tweeting in Packers points allowed in playoff losses with Capers as the defensive coordinator. It's not great. Stop it, Spencer. Stop it. It's like saying Super Bowls won with Tom Brady at quarterback. It's not a one-man show. You're saying the Capers was responsible for the defensive numbers. He's the defensive coordinator. I'm telling you, the personnel, ask somebody in scouting, the personnel was hardly ever good enough on defense, and the Packers were stuck. Not meaning that they couldn't have done something different where Ted Thompson is concerned, but again, Thompson, personnel. We just talked with Bill Huber in the first hour of the show today, um, talking about the Packers' defensive personnel and, and where their priorities are. He said in studying that defense, they've got two front-line players on the current defense, and they're both on the defensive line, Kenny Clark and Mike Daniels. And that's a position that the average fan doesn't ever look at. And those guys are space eaters. They take up blockers and penetrate the middle of a line to uh, to collapse a pocket, but they're not stat mongers. They won't do things that show up in the box score at the end of the day. They're not going to be there where sacks are concerned or quarterback hurries or force fumbles or tackles or TFLs. Um, but Spencer points out, uh, you know, 2010 Super Bowl, uh, 2011, 37 points, 2012, 45 points, 2013, 23, 28, 26, 44. That's three times in the last six years where the defense didn't give the offense a chance to win. But you're saying, Spencer, your 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 front end on it says with Capers as the defensive coordinator. And I'm telling you, it wasn't Capers. It was Thompson. Okay, wait, hold on, though. Do, you, do we think that the Packers, with the same exact personnel, if they brought in a different defensive coordinator, that they couldn't have done any better? Like, he, are you saying that he is as good as it got? There, there's nobody else that could have been better. Uh, no, no, nobody's going to be able to answer that question. But the reputation that Capers has had in his career is that he's as good as there is. That's a reputation that also has been earned over a really long time but which means rem- maybe he's a but little remember bit out of it. remember the reputation you get as a defensive coordinator has as much to do with the personnel that you're coaching as it does with the scheme that you put into play and I'm just I'm just I, I'm as firmly of this mindset as you might be against it that Green Bay's issues on defense were far more a part of terrible personnel drafted by Ted Thompson than they were by the defensive coordinator. I'll give you two good examples. Charles Woodson and Julius Peppers. The Packers' best, other than Clay Matthews, the Packers' best defensive players in the 12-year run of Dom Capers were two free agent acquisitions. Clay Matthews is drafted, but Charles Woodson and Julius Peppers were acquired. Ted Thompson has a legacy of what in the draft where defense is concerned. Give me his standing. You know, you, you kind of pin your your resume on the players that you brought in. So if you're Ted Thompson and you're, and you're showing me your draft and develop defensive resume, you've got a player. A player. One, Clay Matthews. Your other two players that you would hang your hat on were acquired, and you only chose to acquire 
two over the course of your 12, 13, 14 years at the helm. And they were two fantastic acquisitions. But again, I'm going to say when Spencer throws up Dom Capers coach defenses, and I'm going to put up Ted Thompson acquired defenses, and I'm going to let Capers' track record when he had personnel speak for itself. And when he didn't, I'm going to throw it at Thompson. We're no, this argument never gets resolved. No, and it, and it never really will because we just don't right. know the, enough okay. of the ins and outs. Eight seven 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 two nine ten seventy. Mike, if I tell you that a, a caller calls in with the name of Treadmill Boy, are you going to know who I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Doesn't call I often enough. I wasn't sure because I don't do the show all the time, but yeah. I, so I needed to ask. Well, that's who we got on yeah. line too. All right, Treadmill, what's up? Can't you get a cheat sheet with your nicknames? You're making this guy's job hard. <laughs> well, you don't call often enough. Where have you been? Some of us have to travel and work to support our families. We can't sit in a comfortable studio and talk about sports all day long. Mm, yeah. Okay, jeez. Sorry. Coming out of the gate. I'm on, I'm on, uh, <laughs> I'm on, on iHeartRadio down in Chicago, so I'm plugging you right now. Um, it, I think it partially gets resolved in that, and, I'm, and I was a big Fire Dom Capers four years ago guy, but he does have a track record that would suggest he knows how to coach. My disappointment with Capers is as much around, this is perception, but his, his lack of influence on personnel, sure. assuming, yeah. Yeah. assuming, and I do hold him partially accountable for, for influencing the front office on, on who to pick up in the draft as well as, who to go out and acquire? Uh, t- you know, t- Mike Daniels, not a, not a bad player. I think Ted is. It's very clear that he outperforms on the offensive side and significantly underperforms on the on the defensive side. So he, he Ted was definitely. I, I hope he admits it to himself. An issue uh, on that. You said something yesterday. We we need to be better than top fifteen. You don't beat. New Orleans, if, if you don't have that sort of a deal. It doesn't have to be one or two, although it was two when, the, when we won the Super Bowl. But you don't beat Drew Brees if you're not a top five. You're not you, – you just – you don't unless, you know, unless, unless sure. you have yep. the perfect game offensively. Yeah. So I think, I think we, need, we need to be a top five, six offense the way we're geared, and we need to be a top ten defense or we're going to face a lot of heartbreak. Yeah, you know it's it's interesting um, how these numbers kind of stack up when you when you think about defensive teams. Um, you know, the the year that Green Bay goes in um, in the twenty fourteen season, right, or is it twenty thirteen season when they go in and get beat by Seattle in the onside kick game? Uh, that was twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen playoff game or twenty fourteen season? I believe it was twenty fourteen season. Okay, now I, now I need to go check. Uh, that's all right. Um, I, I'm just looking at defensive metrics from that year. And Seattle was not, um, you know, from the measurable standpoint. Um, I mean, they were the they were the top rated defense as far as points. Detroit was second. So do we kind of get the point that it's not always this year? Four of the of the teams that are in the AFC and NFC championship game, they are four of the top scoring defenses in all of football. They're, they're four of the top five are there. The only one that's not there um, that, that's still in the hunt. I had it on a sheet of paper. Well, it's got to be the Patriots, right? 
No, the Patriots They're were top number five four in scoring defense. They're number five in scoring defense this year. That's shocking, isn't it? Especially uh, after the start of the year, they were 29th in yards allowed, but they were um, number five, I believe, in scoring defense. That's crazy. Uh, so yeah, the defensive metrics this year: uh, New England is fifth in scoring defense. A year ago, a year ago, the Patriots were number one. They won the Super Bowl. They beat Atlanta. Atlanta was 27th. In scoring defense in national in the National Football League a year ago, that was your Super Bowl. Um, by the way, last year Denver was number four in scoring defense, didn't make the playoffs. Minnesota number six didn't make the playoffs. Kansas City number seven didn't make it. Cincinnati eight didn't make it. Baltimore nine did not make the playoffs. The year before that, you go to 2015, uh, or actually the year before that, 2014. Uh, Kansas City, number two in scoring defense, didn't make the playoffs. Buffalo, number four, didn't make the playoffs. Houston, number seven, didn't make it. Cleveland, number nine. San Francisco, number ten, did not make the playoffs. So when we sit here and say, well, you've got to be a a top-flight defense, no, you don't. This year you do. This year four of the five uh, top-scoring defenses in the NFL are around for their championship Sunday. And the only team that didn't make it this year, the Los Angeles Chargers, did not make the playoffs. They had the league's third best scoring defense. And they were right on the cusp of making the playoffs. But though. they didn't so right make the playoffs. I'm I guess I'm you. just saying, if you're of the mantra that says you have to be a top 10, top 5 scoring defense in order to get there, Atlanta played in the Super Bowl a year ago. They were 27. You don't need the top rated defense. Helps. Let's just put it this way. It helps. Yep. And it if helps. Aaron Rodgers could be combined with a 15th ranked defense, then, things then really you, good things could yeah, happen. Yeah, and if, if Aaron Rodgers is combined with a top Six or seven defense. That's a Super you're, Bowl. Then you're bringing home the trophy. Yep, that's a Super Bowl right there. Yeah. Um, Joel, thank you. Appreciate yeah. you oh, jumping thanks in Thanks for here, having me. Setting up Facebook and making that part of it happen. John Audius will be back with a fresh rap. <laughs> well, maybe not. I put the pressure on him. See if he can wrap us into the weekend. We'll be back in tomorrow on the Mike Heller Show. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.